0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
1: Oh no, I just saw news that uh, Tiger Woods is not playing at Bay Hill next week stiffness in his back, and then you know what happens a week later? The Players Championship. Not good. That just came down. He's just not trying to get way. ready
0: for the players, man. Not, he's, he's doing his due diligence, man, making sure he's ready to go for the players. Not a
1: good way to start the
0: show on a Friday. <laughs> I thought uh, maybe Tiger needed to take
1: next week off so he can come shop with me. There we next go. Friday at the Players yes. Championship. Yes. By the way, if you haven't uh, registered for that and chance to win, you got to do it by the weekend, by, sund- uh, by Monday, actually. So, late Sunday night, ESPN690.com and I'll dress you for the Players' Championship. Now, what is better than that? There's no way I could dress Austin Lane. (laughs) No. Don't even try, man. You look like you've been in the woods in
0: Georgia. Oh, hey, so so this is called... Iola chic right here. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, you know, a little, little plaid going on, little jeans. I mean, listen, everyone's got to have your favorite hoodie. Is that You're not wearing wearing a hoodie today. No, nah, not Dude, today. Dude, this is prime hoodie weather, man. It is. Well, I've Break got, out the favorite I've got my fleece over there. Yeah. And listen, I mean, this is old navies. I'm not sure. That's probably not a real animal. If it was, thank you for your sacrifice because this <laughs> thing is so, so comfortable, man. PETA on line one. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm
1: in sweatpants today. This is
0: outstanding. I see
1: you, man. I did a little baseball clinic this morning, and I was like, I brought jeans, uh, Come to the monster jam yeah i can wear sweatpants is dirt everywhere you better believe it now we tried to get a little bit closer to the action but uh they have some restrictions so hopefully you'll be able to see it i'm going to try to light it up a little bit better as we go along um and uh, actually, the camera might have just gone out as I'm looking at it. So uh, <laughs> we'll get the camera up and running as we're trying. We've we got like six power outlets right over here. None of them work. Sure. <laughs> so, um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll chase that in just a moment. But we are live at the Monster Jam here at TIAA Bank. Not too many times you go to the bank without football. Of course. But this is one of them. They'll yeah. have a huge crowd here tomorrow night. Uh, you'll be here.
0: I'm, I'm going to be here, man. obviously, my son is a diehard Monster Jam junkie. So we have to appease him. It was his birthday. A couple of days ago, so you know the whole family's coming out here from Monster Jam, and thankfully it's going to be a little cooler. Cause a couple of years ago when we came here, it was like 95 degrees, just sweltering. And of course we're here for like four hours, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to tomorrow a little bit. And actually this weekend too is one of my favorite events in all of Jacksonville. Brent. Can you guess what it is? No. Taste of the Nation. Do, do you know what that oh, is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't Place get enough of that. Down, yeah, it's right? awesome, man. Taste of the Nation. So I'm excited to go to that, too. We're going to bring the family to that as well. Awesome. Uh, hey, Kuz, throw that logo up if you got one uh, instead of the video
1: because it's going to be a little bit or it's just going to be a black hole on the video feeds. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So we'll get the video working. Again, I have a little bit of an issue with the power outlets. Uh, we There is a slogan hidden in there Karen Jagsland, <laughs> about
0: the power There product. always
1: is. Uh, probably, uh, certainly could be the case. So, uh, anyway, hey, going to talk a lot of football today. We have a topic we've been wanting to get to for a little bit, sure, and we will do it, and it's kind of broad. Uh, You know, we obviously celebrated the uh, greatness of Corky Rogers yesterday as he passed on Wednesday night. There was a coach in the state of Florida that recently won a state championship, and has since been fired because of the way he celebrated the state championship with his team. And we're not talking about anything like alcohol or anything like that. We're talking about language. And uh, that's made its rounds a little bit. We just haven't really had a chance to get to it just yet. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. We also, you know, the combine, again, I I can't get into it, man. I tried. I I just, the 4-4 now is like getting a 4.0 at school. (laughs) I mean, it's it's like everybody does it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Especially being in skill position. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. 4
1: 4 is what I mean. Listen, 4 2 7 is impressive. 4 4 is impressive. impressive. And I'm not trying to dilute it well, a little
0: and, bit. But and, well, if you're like a defensive lineman, well, yeah, 4 4. We'll take yes. that all day. But being a wide receiver, 4 4, it's just kind of like, yeah. Uh,
1: but okay. So I, what we wanted to get into is we, we, we also posed this question. We've had a lot going on this week. And what would you ask guys at the Combine? So, like, if you were building a team, but I want to take it a step further. Okay. Not only what would you ask guys if you were interviewing them, but what would your character traits of a player on your football team look like? Mm-hmm. Now, listen, it's not going to be cookie cutter. It's not always going to be the same. It can because but, you have to take risks. But, yes, where would you you kind of waver from some of those? And So we're going to give you ours. Like We all like to be the smartest people about building the Jags and criticizing the Jags for not being able to figure it out or praise or criticize other teams what would your player look like like uh, what would he have in terms of qualities that you think are good to build your football team culture all those things that go into it and remember you got to find 53 of these guys to fit together like a nice puzzle piece which is really one of the hard things to do in sports Uh, so we will discuss that uh, as well Along with a little bit of Monster Jam We've got some balling and falling coming up We've got high school girls soccer state championships And I was just setting up So I don't know if it went final And I'm pretty sure it it has by now I think Pontevedra came up just a bit short In the state championship game uh, But tonight also Bartram Trail Has a chance to try to win a state championship So uh, we will keep you posted On the high school front There's boys basketball tonight It's a good time All the winter sports are uh, coming to an end uh, yes, uh, soccer fell 2-0. Uh, Marcel Robinson will check in from down there and the land on that. Uh, and then all the spring sports are starting up. So we got a little touch of everything here on a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I thought Kuz brought up a fun little topic as well. How much room will there be for whoever gets the starting job in Jacksonville? If it's Minshew, like we think it might be, how much wiggle room will there be for him? And how careful do you have to be? And, and where does that ace lie in the pocket? And how quick will, he, will Doug Marone go to it uh, as, okay, save our season? Yeah. Because there will be that option most likely, whether it's Foles or Minshew, because I believe both will be on this roster.
0: So, well, once again, you know, I think that if you have to go with the ace in your pocket, if you have to bring in a backup quarterback, set aside from a you know an injury, obviously, or a catastrophe such as that, I feel like if you bring in the backup quarterback, your season's probably already going to be over. So from that perspective, assuming that Gardner-Minchu starts you know going into a second year, I think you have to be pot-committed now on Gardner-Minchu. Now, obviously, that starts with the draft and it starts with free agency because you have to give the pieces around him for him to succeed. And if you do that and you cultivate his talent, well then you have to roll with him no matter what, and that's to say maybe he's going to have some up and down games, right, maybe that's some of those Houston games um, that we saw last year a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, you have to be pot committed now to Gardner Minshew, just because the analytics, and obviously his age, and just the future going forward, which is so ironic, because Doug Marone, did Caldwell are playing for the now, but you also have to keep, on, keep the future in mind um, just as much, so I think He's going to have a pretty long leash if he is indeed the starter.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that will be interesting to see. I think people will vary on the opinion of that. I think so many people believe Gardner Minshew will be the starting quarterback. Uh, is it totally out of the realm for the Jags to make a move with Foles? And where does it make sense and not make sense? Uh, because of the dollars uh, that are on there, uh, which I think essentially would save you about $3 million if you do all the math. So mm-hmm. does that even it make a lot of sense, or is it better? Like I asked that question. Uh, like last week, is it? if you were Marone, would you want Foles? Would you want this quarterback situation? And so many people said, no, get get rid of him. him." I don't know if they're thinking right on that. I I, I really don't. I don't agree. If my job's on the line, I want whatever I can get at that position that I would be confident in. And I think, you know, while the fan base is so high on Minshew and has no confidence in Foles, I don't think that's the football circle view of Foles. I I think you're going to have people... Ask about Nick Foles even in the next couple of weeks. I think uh, if you ask these guys in here, I think they're going to let them battle it out a little bit, even though they're leaning one way would be my guess. Uh, and I think they're going to say, hey, we like this as a – this isn't a bad guy to have in our back pocket. So I disagree with the fans there. I understand what they're saying about Minshew. But if my job was on the line, and you're talking about the most important position in sports, and I got a guy that either might – could get hurt, could struggle out of the gates, and I get a chance to go to somebody else that's been around before and has proven that he can win football games in the league and people respect in the locker room. I don't know, man. I, I'd much rather go with Nick Foles in that situation than it would Joshua Dobbs.
0: Well, and listen, injuries are going to happen. They're the part of the game. But if I'm Doug Marone, because this really comes down to his decision, right? He's the head coach, and eventually he's going to pull the trigger on who's going to be the starting quarterback. And I think that if for some miraculous way you're able to trade Nick Foles, maybe get some draft capital, maybe get a different player to help Gardner Minshew out, I think that would be the, the prime case scenario because now, Brent, like you said, if you're on your way out and you have one year to make a great first impression and, well you know, to, to make a, a last impression and say that it doesn't go your way, well, then you're going to have regret, right? So, for instance, if you start Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew doesn't give you what you need. You bring in Nick Foles, maybe you go 8-8. Eight and eight. Obviously, you're probably still going to get let go because, you know, you, you, I mean, at this point, I think you have to contend for the division. So, with that being said, I feel like if Nick Foles wasn't even an option, well, it makes your job pretty easy. Right? where as opposed to if you have Nick Foles sitting on the bench, well, then you're always going to be second-guessing yourself. Oh, man, you know, Minshew's struggling this game. Should I put Foles in? So, to me, it just makes the, the choice easier. And then, once again, if you can somehow miraculously trade Nick Foles and get some capital for him, well, then you can use that capital to try to build it on Gardner Minshew as well. Yeah, we'll talk more about it. We'll talk about what kind of makeup you would uh, have in a player. Uh, we also
1: talked some bigger issues, uh, this high school sports situation uh, that I'd, I'd like to get to here today. And maybe a little MMA Minute.
0: How Let's get that? it, man. Let's get it. Get got some uh,
1: news around the MMA, I think. And your fight is a week away. Week away. i I got to find away. out what kind of shape you're in, where my money's going. Oh, I'm in shape, I'm shape, man. No, dude, don't worry about me, man. I'm in shape. So... Uh, you, you looked the part today, man. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, see. trust me. I
0: feel the part, too. We had some pretty hard sparring. We actually had a drive to Georgia last night. Really? Good old two-hour excursion. Went to Georgia. Get some good uh, sparring in. So, yeah, it was a good time, man. They punch Long harder night. in
1: Georgia or something? Uh, uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> they punch harder.
0: Uh, well no. So, so like, the, the, there's this kid by the name of Clay... Apple Pie Jackson, and he's a heavyweight. He's about six three, probably two seventy, but he's also a softball, and I'm facing a southpaw ah. next Friday, so um, you're
1: like Bill Belichick bringing in a left-footed partner. Of putter. course,
0: man. Of course, you have to get all the looks possible. <laughs> so sh- shout out to Clay Jackson, man, for giving me some sparring last night. Absolutely. And by the way,
1: hey guys, how do you think it was um Brent Apple Pie Martino? I like that name. Man. <laughs> it's not
0: bad, right? It's a pretty good nickname. Yeah, man. I kinda not, like that. I'm not mad at that. Not mad at that. <laughs> Sweet and tasty. Chalk that. sugar. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's true. Yeah. I weighed in today. It must be true. <laughs> Jay, more of that coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jump in the conversation if you'd like. 904-362-9901. And we are live at TIAA Bank Monster Jam tomorrow night. Oh, I'm going to go ride one of these things. Drive it. Flip it. Let's do it. We're coming back next.
2: You know, they'll be able to help me, obviously, and, and the CNOM, and they understand what's going on. I think those coaches that are like Jay or, or, or Ben, you know, they've dealt with a lot of players, a lot of different people. So, you know, dealt with a lot of coaches, managed a lot of people. So I think, you know, those things are always going to help you if you handle things, you know, the right way, which both of them did. And then, you know, for me, it was just a matter of, hey, listen, you know, what do these, you know, what do these guys want to do? They want to win for, for Jacksonville. They want to win for us right here. That, that's their whole focus and their whole goal.
1: That's Doug Marone talking about the hires of Jay Gruden and Ben McAdoo. Interesting with all the coaching experience. And so many people have put it in place. Like we talked to J.P. Finley from the Redskins uh, uh, at the Combine. That, hey, Jay Gruden, landing spot potentially. You know, job inside. You got Mm -hmm. a chance at a job. The interim coach if something goes wrong. I think absolutely those things are in play. I think there's a bigger – Doug Marone was making these decisions. Why? Why did he go with – head coaching experience in this situation, do you think? I mean, is does it carry some value outside of a guy being a good play caller yeah. or back into having success with Green Bay? There's got to be something more to it. There's a lot of good play callers or guys with resumes as play callers, mm-hmm. but these guys had head coaching
0: experience that had to be part of it. So let's be honest. If you're a, a head coach, a current head coach, or a former head coach, that means that you have some pretty good knowledge uh, of football, right? Because they don't just hire anybody for that position. So I think if you look at Ben McAdoo, obviously, had a stint in New York. Um, Aaron Rodgers speaks very highly of him. Obviously, Ben McAdoo is being brought in, in my opinion at least, to, to help cultivate Gardner Minshew, right? And I think with Ben McAdoo, who's been there in Green Bay when it was Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, so he knows how the quarterback room operates. And granted, and I talked about yesterday a little bit, Brett, when you were shooting the video, I mean, he did make a mistake when he started Geno Smith over Eli Manning. And that eventually cost him his job. So he's, he's had the ups and he's had the downs in terms of how to manage a quarterback room. But one would think now that he's been brought in to help Garner Minshew. Then obviously with Gruden, who's been a head coach himself, really just an offensive-minded kind of guy. And that's kind of what Jacksonville needs. You know, we're all excited with John DiFilippo and everything. All of a sudden, the red zone offense presents itself, and it's atrocious. So I think from the standpoint of kind of hiring that household name and offensive coordinator, a guy who's got a lot of experience calling plays, you have to like that for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yeah, I think there's something I like about it from a settling standpoint, a stability standpoint. Guys that have been in that spot before, and they know the spot that that uh, Doug Marone is in. Mm-hmm. You know that they, they are familiar with it. They've been there before, and so they can feel for him and, and help make it uh, happen uh, for him. So we'll see if it helps. I I don't know if it's a big difference maker. Obviously, at the end of the day, you need the mesh in the in the the. The chemistry and those guys be on the same page, and I do like the fact, and still like the fact, that it will be um, Gardner Minshew and Jay Gruden potentially. Sure, I like that. Yeah. Yes, I'm doing like three things at once. No, I'm you're sorry, good, man. I'm trying to well, spit out a sentence. I need
0: <laughs> power. All right. <laughs> I need power. Keep in mind too, you know. I mean, uh, essentially for the offensive coordinator and quarterback uh, coach spots. I mean, this is kind of like an addition, right? Because. The Jaguars last year were kind of atrocious on offense. If Ben McAdoo can come in this year, turn it around, you know, not obviously have stout play from Gardner Minshew, well, that helps his, you know, whole thing out. And all of a sudden, people talk about Ben McAdoo as maybe another offensive coordinator someplace else. And obviously with Gruden as well, where if Gruden can come in, turn this offense around, you know, and, and make it high-powered, explosive, one of the best in the league, well, then all of a sudden it's like, wow, offensive-minded coaches always in. One can wonder, all right, well, if, uh, if Gruden's doing his thing, does he get another head coaching job some uh, spot down the line?
1: Absolutely. All right, I uh, asked a question uh, about how long is the rope for Gardner midship. Uh, if he's the guy, or Nick Foles. I yeah. mean, I've penciled Gardner Mitchell. It just rolls off my my tongue that Gardner Minshew's the guy. Oh, wait, see his Instagram post, him working out. Oh, yeah, Gene yep. Simmons, rocking, the,
0: rocking the kiss, man, the, I, the kiss shirt. You know, I like that. That's
1: what I appreciate about sure. Gardner, right? Yeah. He gets it. Yeah. Like, he understands. He knows. I mean, he <laughs> wore a freaking kiss shirt to the wo- workout, and he quotes sleeveless, right? Simmons. Sleeveless, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I right. mean, he had the I mean, it was like, I'm not saying that's like, set up premeditated but like he gets out of bed. Some of us but think of, of a quote yeah. and he's thinking of what which, shirt am I going to wear and it with
0: that, that lyric. Which which <laughs> classic rock <laughs> shirt am I going to rock today? Absolutely. Freaking Pond and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be uh, it's
1: gonna be fun with Gardner Minshew if he is the guy, but we of course don't know he is the guy. Let's just anyhow, let's just say Minshew, okay, because we all think that way. I think Big Cat Country did a poll out there like two thousand votes or Sorry if I shortchanged your big cat country. I think there were 2,000 votes. I think that's what Coos told me. And Coos, what do you say, like 8%, I think, were for Foles wanting to be the starting
0: quarterback. It was if this probably was a democracy, a, yeah. we know who would be the starting well, quarterback. Well, and, and I'm sure Nick Foles has a pretty big family, and some family members took part in that vote as well. But, yeah, obviously I think the, the obvious choice would be Gardner Minshew going forward. Yeah, but uh, so what's the rope, man? How long you going to give him?
1: How, how, how much? You've got to remember here, this is about two things, potentially. This is the reason I think they're going with Minshew. It's about his development Mm. and what do you have in him going forward. What do you have in 2020? By the end of 2020, you need to know what Gardner Minshew is. The only way you wouldn't know what he is is because of injury. That's the only thing. And then there's the other side, and that's Doug Marone. And Doug Marone, you would think, has to get to nine wins at the very least. Let's just call that his number. Sure, he's got to get to nine wins, a winning record. hasn't happened very often around here. If you get to nine wins in Jacksonville, yeah.
0: you're doing something. Well, and it's funny, and I thought the magic number last year was going to be eight for him to keep his job, and here we are. So, wow, well, I know. Yeah. And, but so we at least let's just conservatively say nine. That's
1: conservative. And it might need four yeah. yeah, but you got to at least have a winning record. You figure. Correct. I don't care what happens. Yep. If you play with three guys, you need to win nine games. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So. So you balance that, and I think that's what's important here. I know we're all stuck on gardner Minshew, but you have to remember there's a guy's job on the line. There's a bunch of staff members on the line. There's a bunch of players that will have their jobs on the line, too, because success dictates whether you stick around often. How quick would you, will they, pull the plug on whatever quarterback they choose? Assuming it's a Minshew, that's what we're going to play along, at least in this uh, example. And then put a guy like Foles in, knowing his history, knowing his ability to win games, his ability to produce. Hope, uh, we would think a healthy Nick Foles. Uh, and we we also will say he's on the roster still because I think he will be on the roster. Is its is it two
0: games? Is it four games? Is it up to the bye in eight games? What's realistic? So, listen, I think that that coaching staff down, you know, down in the locker room, they have a better idea of what they have at quarterback than we even do. Better A better idea than Jaguars fans even know. And if you want to go back to last year, Gardner Minshew had his auditioning in London playing the Houston Texans. Now, one could argue that the game script didn't really fit his style of play, didn't really fit his mold. It is what it is. He didn't play a good game, no excuses, and he kind of got benched for it, right? And Nick Foles comes back in. Well, then... Later on, Nick Foles goes to Indianapolis, and obviously he has his game. And they put the ball in Nick Foles' hands, he couldn't produce, and then the next game, Gardner Minshew comes in. So, to me, that tells me all I need to know right there. That even last year, when, I get it, the the season was crumbling and everything like that, and and they started to go on their slide, but one could say Doug Marone was fighting for his job last year as well. And to only give Nick Foles that small sample size, and then put Gardner Minshew back in, It shows exactly what the staff thought last year about Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew, right? They were intrigued by Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew was the guy. So to go from last season now, Brent, to this off season and then the OTAs, to me, nothing's changed. I I I think as far as the coaching staff's concerned, I get it. The offensive coordinator, John D'Fleipo. Not here anymore, right? You have a new quarterbacks coach, but it's still Doug Marone. And I think if the choice comes down to Doug Marone, he knows what he has at each quarterback spot, and I think Doug Marone goes with Gardner Minshew. But here's the thing. Here's what I, I do think is a little bit different in that respect, man. I think
1: last year you're kind of grabbing at stuff, right? Because he does think his job's on the line. And they're right in the middle of it. They had that three game stretch. And all of a sudden, you know, Gardner Minshew, although he looks like everything's riding, and it's like, oh, it's going to be a tough decision. Well, things go bad in London. And so you have that happen. Then you go back to Foles, and then Foles obviously isn't good, so you go back to Mitch. So there's just kind of this grab, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder what would have happened last year if if that was year one of Moreau, And he knew he had two more years to go, and there was no pressure of the job or anything like that. I'm not saying no pressure to win. There's always pressure to win. Of course. But I wonder if he would have then stuck with Foles, stuck with Minshew to begin with. You know, it, it, the scenario changes based on the tenuous nature of the situation. Of course. And, and so to your point, there was the same situation last year as there is this year. But I think you have to be careful when you start grabbing for stuff and just hoping that button works. Hit this button here. Yeah. You know, Major League Baseball... Managers can do that. It's 162 games. Man, I hope this lineup works today. I hope throwing this guy in here. A little different at the quarterback spot in the NFL because there's such a domino effect.
0: Listen, all all I'm going to say is that, you know, the the, the last impression is always one that you remember the most. And the fact that Doug Marone rolled with Gardner Minshew until the last game of the season, it shows to me that they believe in Gardner Minshew. Now, once again, I get it. Nick Foles' sample size wasn't that big last year. But that's exactly my point. If it wasn't that big, then why not give Nick Foles another chance if you're Doug Marone, if you really believe in him? I think they believe in Gardner Minshew going forward. He's the younger guy. He's the more intriguing prospect. You're going to go with him and then see how it pans out from there.
1: All right. Uh, by the way, the square is back on our video feeds. I think we need to give the square a name. It could be like our Sam mascot. the Square. Sam the Square. That's what you came up with. That was quick. Nice work. Uh, when we come back, there is a high school football situation I want to get to. Big picture. Are we too soft in society? Or was it the right movement? we got to be a little careful as educators and coaches of youth. Have we let that slide too far? Where are we on the line? Let's we'll talk about it. Coming up next, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live from Monster Jam. Here on a
0: Friday, they're starting to crank it up in here. Playing some driver intros, man. I like it. Starting to learn all the drivers here. We're going to get into that. I got to say that. A little
1: walk up song for the Monster
0: Jam. Start doing your homework here, Brent.
1: Nothing soft. Nothing soft. Next on ESPN 69. I think if anything, our our visits that we bring guys in for, uh, we'll probably see a little bit more guys that are higher rated guys that come in for our 30 visits. Having an extra first, does that intrigue you about trade possibilities?
2: Yeah, for both picks because you you know you have the one at 20 sitting there. So if you want to move back at nine and and pick up some picks later, right now we have nine picks, and um, we'll see what we have come draft
1: Dave right, Caldwell from the Combine this week, uh, moving and shaking. Listen, every GM says it. They want to move, compile picks. It's a great thing to do for the future. It's also very important for this team to fill some holes and get some big-time players with those picks, especially the early ones. That's yeah. where you find the instant impact most of the time. So uh, the Jaguars did that this year with Josh uh, Allen, and, who, by the way, is right over here, Yeah. Um, and uh, with his family checking out Monster Jam. and. <laughs> Uh, also with Juwan Taylor. Yeah. And others, obviously with Gordon Mitchell, but I'm saying in the early part of the round. So 9 and 20 could be guys that are impactful right away. You you go back and you say, all right, what about the 28th pick in Taven Bryan a couple years back? Well, I'm not sure how much you're relying on that 28th pick to be impactful in year one. it's a little different. Top 10, top 15 even. You'd like first round. you definitely like second round. And you might need that. But once you need those guys to be really productive and good early on, you're probably in a bit of trouble and keeping your fingers crossed and the Jaguars were like that not only with Allen they were like that with Taylor and they got lucky there but they also were like that with Josh Oliver and they got unlucky there
0: see it, it, from my perspective anytime you're picking in the top 10 top 15 Brent whoever you take has to come in and contribute right away the only outlier would be like a quarterback obviously where you can you know have him as a backup for a while and then build him up if you really need to odds are that if you're picking you know 29 30 or like you know in the in the bottom half of the draft odds are that your roster is actually probably looking pretty good Because obviously you're picking in, in, in the back for a reason, you had a good season Prior, so with that being said, so with Taven Bryan Yeah, I feel like Taven Bryan was more Of, you know, the, the project, I think they saw A lot of potential in Taven Bryan And they saw somebody who, you know what, we can Kind of slowly bring him along And kind of make him in who we want, now obviously You know, fans can go back and forth in saying, and saying Taven Bryan hasn't really lived up to Expectations quite yet as a first round pick But at the same time, once again That's where teams try to, you know Get those guys, maybe a little rougher on the edges. Maybe you you know, something they have like some kind of character trait, some kind of flaw physically that they try to cultivate and build up.
1: It'll be interesting to see what the Jaguars do and how they leverage those first-round picks. If they can compile more picks, I think it's most likely if you wanted to do a little of both, you go get a pick, a, a big player in, at number nine yeah. that you like, right? One of the top ten players in the draft, and maybe, even really, one of the top six, seven players in the draft because quarterbacks have been taken and their value slides up. And then you take that 20 pick and you combine that for a later first-round pick, maybe go back eight spots, and you get something in the second round or third round as well. Mm -hmm. So that's the way to do it. That's the teams like Baltimore. When I did that study on Baltimore, they've done a masterful job of that. But they've also been picking in that neck of the woods, right, between the back half, 15 to 30. And so you can do that a little bit more. All right, we're getting back to the football stuff in a little bit. We're at Monster Jam right now here at Diaa Bank monster jam tomorrow night austin will be here oh yeah and uh you got the music playing uh, the, the dirt's moving and actually right now all things are calm down there looks good yeah we thought we might get a little practice here today and i think we might i think we might see some of that all right so hopefully we can uh or you can see it in the background or maybe we can inch a little closer yeah uh, along the way but i want we want to get to this topic yeah this is an interesting topic and it's kind of broad about high school sports maybe or youth sports but you had it as, like, you're falling for two days in a row. Yeah. kind of ran
0: out of time. Back-to-back fallings, back Brent.
1: Tell us the story.
0: So basically what happened was Seminole High School um, at the college – I'm sorry, at the high school state championships ended up winning their game. To win this the state. this would be last spring, by the correct. way. Correct. Yep, to, to win the state title. Um, you know, obviously we live in the social media age. We live in the – digital age, I guess you would say, where the coach comes on the bus celebrating with the trophy, much to the, you know, appeal of all his players, they're they're celebrating, and the coach kind of gives this, you know, let, let's just say, for lack of a better word, he just this lace, um, language-filled speech, basically. Yeah, and Profanity-laced. Pro- yeah. Profanity-laced so speech, yeah. And unfortunately, uh, you know, w- one of his players was recording it, because let's be honest, I'm sure you want to save the moment, so a player is recording it, that video gets out, it gets to the school board. The school board opts to fire the, the head coach then, obviously, for using such profanity and bad language.
1: And do you find that appalling that yeah. that they fired him? Is this a politically correct thing? How much backlash was there really? Sure. Parents, are you really that oblivious to what happens in high school? Well, Is it okay for coaches yeah. to do that? Should they draw a line? There's a lot of ways to
0: go here. Yeah, how do know you what? feel about it? And let's go ahead and paint this picture a, a little brighter here. Um, as far you know as the curse words or anything, we're not, not going to play the video because it's literally just you know it, yeah, it's, it's, it's beep, nonstop beep, 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 beeps. Beep. Yeah, I think
1: there were like 108 words or something. Yeah. I, think I heard
0: and 36 curse words. Yeah, exactly. So th- there obviously was a lot of curse words.
1: By the way, I never but, said cursing until I like went to Ohio and then down south and everything. I just you, said swearing.
0: Oh, swearing. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Cussing or cursing. <laughs> cussing, cursing swearing. Day. Yeah. Pick your uh, pick your poison. So, how do I feel about it? You know, and as I watch this video, I had a, uh, like I, I try to put myself in a parent's perspective, right? Because obviously, the people who should be offended, if they are offended, is the parents, and. I think about, like, when I watch movies with my son, if my son's on YouTube. But granted, I always try to monitor what he's watching because he's only five years old right now. But a kid, you know, at that age in high school, they can find profanity like that anywhere, Brent. Okay? They can find it on TV. They can find it in movies. They can obviously find it in music as we were rocking Eminem on the way back from the Senior Bowl. Yes. They, They can find it, you know, anywhere. So... In my opinion, when we're talking about student-athletes, and keep in mind, student-athlete is not one word. It's two words, student and athlete. And I think sometimes people get caught up where I get it. It's part of the school system, uh, being an athlete. But let's be honest, man. I think we've all had some of those coaches in high school who maybe cursed a little bit. And that's just kind of the way of life. And it just It is what it is. And, and I'm not trying to sound like get-off-my-porch type of Austin right now. But I think that you're gonna fire a guy over language that, obviously, I don't think the players really had an issue with because they're celebrating because they just want a championship. I just think it's a little bit too much. Obviously, maybe a warning, maybe bring the coach in, kind of talk to him a little bit, and say maybe from the optics it doesn't look good for the school. But you just can't let go. Like you just can't fire a guy because of that because I guarantee a lot of coaches around the country, Brent have that same language in their vocabulary. And just
1: so. because others do it doesn't mean it's necessarily okay. Um, and I get why some people are offended with it. Uh, listen, do I think uh, – first of all, I swear too much, uh, probably. So I, I try not to be super hypocritical in this. Yeah. I The kids have been around it. Uh, even when they were little, I feel like coaches were swearing to a degree. I mean, not like profanity lace, but no, you hear sure. words, right? Yeah. It's just – It's become part of culture, where whether it's music, whether it's just the way we casually talk about things. And I'm guilty of it, man. Yeah. And so I don't mind it. What I always said with my kids is, I almost don't care if you hear it. I just don't want you to say it. Of course. So you have to figure out the filter, but you're not saying it. Now, some people can do a better job. I will say, my kids have been really good at that for the most part. I mean, they've heard a lot. (laughs) and not really like I mean I don't think we talk we we'll go around our house that way I'm just saying sure. from maybe from coaches or maybe from conversations that they overhear us having or music or whatever it is yeah and they do a pretty good job of that I I, I would say and I I don't know the right or wrong way to do it I'm not judging anybody I'm just saying it, they've heard it like my kids have grown up around it enough uh, and. It doesn't bother me that much, and I just think it's part of things. Like when they go to high school, they're going to have to filter things out, whether it's from what their peers are saying, from what other coaches, yeah. say, whatever. They're going to hear stuff that you don't want to know that they're hearing. And guess what? They're going to hear it. You're 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 in denial if you don't think they're going to hear it. So how are they going to process it, and use it, and you hope they don't use it, especially in certain situations. But if you are around, like we're around high school kids enough now. And it's all over the place, man. Of course. I mean, it, we're, co- we're covering football games. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's too much sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I don't love it. I don't like hearing it from a kid like that. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I don't really mind the, the coach that is saying it or, or anything like that. But it probably is a little much. It
0: mm-hmm. probably happens too much. Uh, so but then we he, all he argued you get caught in the moment, though, bro. The guy just won a state title, man. It's, it's a do. great celebration. I, I would say this. if I was a critic of it, and I'm not
1: hammering this guy. Listen, yes. they celebrate it. They should be able to celebrate As long as they're not celebrating with alcohol and stuff like that, I yeah. don't care if they celebrate <laughs> with the language. Sure. I really don't. I don't think the guy should have been fired. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so over-the-top politically correct. But I will say, if the guy is swearing 36 times in 108 words, and he's probably swearing all the time yeah. around them and and. Does it, is it necessary? Is, is it sometimes is it, that almost get watered down? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to swear, if you're a coach or if you're an educator or whatever, I mean, I don't know, education, not swearing in social studies class, but yeah. if, if you're going to swear like that, you almost want it to matter. Exactly. Right? You yeah, want it to yeah. mean something. Or else it doesn't mean anything. And, and yeah. so it's so watered down in that situation, it doesn't matter uh, so much. Well, so here's the point. Yeah. The moral of the story for me is I don't think he should have been fired. Yeah. I also will say, it's okay to say, dude, do you really have to swear that much? Like, do we have to swear that much? Yeah. Especially around whatever age kids it is, is it that necessary? Remember, and I don't think people, think a lot of coaches don't have the ego of this at that level, the high school level, but we just talked about it with Corky Rogers mm-hmm. the last couple of days. The impact coaches have on young people is massive. Mm-hmm. How they hold themselves, what they do. I can tell you, I mean, Ty literally sits, like, sitting down the way his little league coach sat down. <laughs> we, we laugh about it all the time. But, like, he does. Like, yeah, he, yeah. Lo- he doesn't look like his dad. He looks like his coach that he coached, that yeah. coached him for six years. Sure. Sitting down. So, that people, they're impacting young people, whether it's high school of course. or younger than that. And when you get to college, it seems like it's a little bit more okay. Mm-hmm. But you get to. The pros, it's obviously seems like it's okay. I just think it probably is overused, yeah. and it has watered down the the emphasis of it, the intent of it at yeah. times, to say, really, like, what are you doing yeah. in that one moment? Well, and
0: I'm going to be honest, man. Like, sh- shout out to my high school coach, Coach Erickson, uh, Scott Erickson, who's you know, is one of the most winningest, winningest coaches of all time in Wisconsin. Um, he never swore. And then we have my, my position coach, John Johnny Jernigan from Murray State. He never swore. Um, and some of the best coaches that i played for, man, never used a curse word. For instance, Andy Reid. Never heard Andy Reid swear one time that? in training camp. So, you know, it is, it, it is possible to be a great coach and not have to be able to swear to get your emotions across, right? I think as long as it comes from a place of being genuine, where if you're putting on this facade where you want to, you know, have these lace-filled, um, you know, the, these tirades then players are going to see through that, you know. And, and in terms of, yes, the language, obviously it comes down to parenting, but I think you did a, a great example of it where, you, you know, your kid's going to high school pretty soon, they're, they're going to be all around it. And I think from the standpoint of, you know, curse words and, and bad language, they're only a big deal if you give them the power to be. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like if I'm watching, you know, like the Super Bowl and Travis Kelsey drops an F-bomb because you just put up the trophy, my son's watching and be like, hey Ronan, you know, we don't say that word, right? I'm yeah. not gonna turn off the Super Bowl and be like, Nope, can't watch it anymore because there's bad words in it. So like I think as long as you parent, and you do your job, you're gonna be okay. And once again, don't give the language, don't give those words power. And by firing up a baseball coach for saying those words, guess what, man? You just gave those words the most power ever.
1: What's interesting to me, what has changed, I think, at least over the years, is that curse words used to be used to kinda of yell at somebody, right? To kinda yeah. make a point. Yeah. They're now used so much in a celebratory way. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just said. Yeah. Travis Kelsey might <laughs> swear away. <laughs> yeah. And it's again like that's not like a big issue to me, but that's kind of the way it's gone. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's a little bit different. I think, uh, and, and in this case, that's what it was. The guy was celebrating a championship, yeah. and one out of every three words you had to bleep out. Yeah, and so it, it's fascinating. Yet I'm so hypocritical at times of this because, and it just kind of checks yourself. I, I guess I'm not really hypocritical of it. I, I mean, heck, I, I told you the story a couple of weeks ago. I played Eminem's new that one where he he, he uh, in 30 seconds had yeah like yeah yeah yep. well. I'm sharing that with like Kaylee because I'm
0: like, <laughs> it's impressive, man. It, it's not, like a piece of art, yeah. though, right? Yeah, it, it is. It should
1: not be. Uh, she should probably not be listening. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like with her dad, like no, in, for uh, sure, for sure. So it, it's it's fascinating how sometimes uh, you you put it in that context. I I would I'll share another story. And you just said uh, how coaches don't swear. Matthew Driscoll, I did a story on him about uh, five or six years ago. In fact, I think if you subscribe on Action Sports Jackson ESPN six ninety, yeah, it might be on our YouTube channel. There, it might be. But Check it out. It's basically the story of Matthew Driscoll had set like his rule was he didn't they didn't swear, and the idea was when somebody you anybody could come into practice. Yeah. If a parent came into practice and watched, if the school president came in, the AD came in, a prospective kid came in, didn't matter. Yeah. A little kid came in. Yeah. You weren't going to hear all that in practice. Again, this was just one way of doing it. Yeah. But it was so we did this whole thing and so he comes up with like some words that are just, you know, off the charts. I yeah. forget what word he uses yeah, name, yeah. but it's kinda funny. But if he swears or anybody swears, you gotta do push ups. Okay. And so again, I haven't talked to Coach Driscoll about this particular thing in a while. I'm assuming it's still the rule. Yeah, yeah. But it was it, it was just a fascinating look at division one basketball and you know his intensity level. Yeah. Right? You're talking ab- about a guy who's now a GIF or JIF or whatever you say,
0: Wait, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah. But he's in text. Well, it's it's so funny you bring this up because it reminds me of a story too from my first year with the team in 2010, my rookie year at Jacksonville. Joe Collins, defensive line coach. You know Joe <laughs> Collin? We talk about him all the time. Uh, one of the most insane characters you're ever gonna meet. Well, I don't know if it was his idea, if it was Aaron Campman's idea, or who brought this idea to his attention. But he wanted to have a swear jar in, in our position room. So every time we come to, you know, we go watch team meeting, For we go watch the team meeting, then we go defensive, uh, you know, like the defensive meetings, and then we break up the defensive line meetings. So the defensive line's in there, and Joe Collins like, all right, someone swears, that's going to be a couple bucks, you know, in the – in the potter <laughs> like that wrote like, that. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> well, uh, we're like, oh, okay, Joe, sounds good. Well, when you got me, you got Pot Roast, you got Jeremy Mincy, Derek Harvey, man, like, but of course, like, if you thought JJ J. Watt raised a lot of money in Houston that one time for the Hurricanes, <laughs> dude, if, if we would have actually followed through with, with that swear jar, I mean, we, we would have had Lot J built by now, we would have <laughs> had the shipyards built by now, like, it just. It could not coexist in a defensive line room. There's no way, man.
1: That's funny. Yeah. That's really good. I'll tell you one more, uh, and uh, I'll say it just for the context of it, uh, so I don't want to offend anybody. But my Little League coach, so when we're 11 and 12 years old, oh, my gosh, dude, we were bad. We were 1 and 15 each of those years. I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, but I had uh, Gideon Applegate was his name, uh, Mr. Applegate, Coach Applegate. And he was an older gentleman, older uh um, a uh, man who played in the Negro Leagues. Okay, uh, wow. Or not. Yeah, yeah, really cool story. Heck yeah. And he, uh, so instead of saying, like, every time you get mad, instead of saying Jesus, yeah. he would say jingles. Jingles. <laughs> so he would be like... Jingles. Jingles. Like I'm, I'm actually surprised I haven't adopted it. Because he would say jingles so yeah. much. Yeah. But I thought I was like, that's how you knew it. You remembered it. Like again, I'm remembering that. When yeah, 11, yeah. twelve
0: years old. Yeah. They yeah. said
1: jingles. Yeah. And he was he was a great man. I just so awesome. passed, but he uh jingles that's what it was i never heard that i I bet other people have done that and do that sure but that was the word it Uh, was uh jingles i'm I'm, I'm not mad at that yeah it was a pretty good one so uh you know it's it's a facet listen this isn't trying to be self-right i know we can be so self-righteous on social media and all these places now that's not the intent Uh, it's an interesting talking point if that had happened with Ty or Kaylee on that bus, I would not have been that offended. Yeah. I really wouldn't have been offended. Now, would I have been opposed to somebody at that school saying, "Hey, man, yeah, come on, yeah,
3: yeah,
0: exactly"? I mean, listen, without a doubt,
1: you know, because the bottom line is, I do respect that that is offensive to some. Yeah, you know, I and mean, that's fine. It can, mm-hmm. it can be. It just wouldn't have been for me. I would have actually been more upset. And I don't know the reaction down there. I would have been more upset that they fired him. Of I'm course, over yeah. that, I would of have course, been like, come on, ask. Tell him that he made a mistake. Yeah. Maybe reprimand a little bit. Yeah. But then let him show that he can either change or yeah. not do it that way instead of just saying you're gone.
0: Exactly. At least give him a chance to redeem himself. If it really comes down to it, right? Because if, if it's one of my kids on that bus and that tirade's going on, I'm going to be upset, man, because essentially you firing the coach is like essentially me kind of sheltering my kid a little bit and said, no, like we, you can't hear this language. Yeah, like yeah. No, like, I mean, who, who's to know? Like, m- my son could be 10 years old in the middle of Starbucks and someone could have, be having a bad day and just go on a rant, man. It, it's all around us. Once again, like, if you just give those words power, it is what it is. And I just think that coach should have got a second chance. It's unfortunate for sure. The one other thing I don't know, I don't know his background.
1: Uh, were there other things? Yeah. I have I no, but he was yeah. there a year. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. What a state championship I, I did do a pretty good job. Yeah. So uh one other uh, moment on this but because it's to me we use language in either movies or song as a cop out there. Yeah. You can still control yourself. Of course you can still it, you're never going to go into a, a, a setting that is like you're going for a million-dollar job and start dropping.
0: <laughs> for sure. Words. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you yeah. can
1: control yourself. Exactly. So that is something that is a controllable thing. Yep. Um, and it doesn't have to do with, I listened to this song the other day, and they're saying it. Yeah, I, yeah. I just don't, oh, I don't buy that. I understand why we get to that stage, yeah. and people do and say it, and it's influential on yep. some. But... I think that's a lazy excuse for it. Uh, interesting story. That was a wild story coming out of uh, Seminole there uh, with the baseball coach. All right, when we come back, we try to draft players that will play right there in yeah. the ball. What do you look for? Yep. What's the traits? And I'm not obviously looking for good players. That's not the point here. Yeah. What kind of players do you need in a locker room? You've been in there before. Yeah. Are there different pockets, different styles? You can't Better have a cutter guy, can you? That's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. How would you build the draft if you were the GM? Oh, we know you felt like you were the GM before. Here's your chance. 904-362-9901 if you want to jump in. We're live at Monster Jam. It's tomorrow night right here at the bank in Jacksonville.
2: Well, first off, I'm
3: just
0: looking to come in and provide, you know, just be a team player know, just do whatever I can for the team, but when my career is done, you know, I would I would like to be the best defensive tackle to ever play this game.
1: That is Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. He is climbing boards. He's intriguing. People love him. They love his story, which means he's got a motor, and he can't wait to get after that quarterback and those running backs, and so in the middle... Some people are saying it could be the consolation prize if Derek Brown is not there. I'd say you're getting a good player either way. Yeah. And uh, I know Brown is considered better. I get it. Uh, and a lot of times those projections on those interior linemen are right on. We just talked about it in Sue and Gerald McCoy yesterday. Correct. About wait, when they came out in your class in 2010. So that is a position, I think, where people have been accurate before. I'm sure there's busts too. But uh, they can be accurate with that spot. Derek Brown considered a can't-miss guy mm-hmm. from Auburn. But Javon Kinlaw... Uh, pretty darn good too. How about Adam Schefter just reported this? Uh, Louisville, six foot seven, 364 pound offensive tackle Mackay Becton, the largest player at this week's combine in Indianapolis, got measured with a mere 17 percent body fat. Excuse me. <laughs> I think I was That's higher ri- than that today.
0: <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. By
1: the way, I've got wow. bad news for me. Yeah. Maybe good news for you. I can now qualify for the uh, heavyweight division. Oh, uh-oh. Measuring in today. What happened with intermittent fasting? Dude, I've been on it. and It's, well, it's just... I mean, well, I must so, be just well, getting here, muscle, I was just gonna muscle say, mass than I've ever had in
0: my life. Here's what it is. It is the muscle mass because, obviously, it's science. Muscle the probably muscle weighs, weighs more than fat, Brent. So, obviously, right now you're getting shredded. It is bulking season until beach season comes back. So... <laughs> Bulk away, Brent, and then when, when, you know, when it gets a little warmer out and everything, we hit up Jack's Beach a little bit, then we'll start cutting down a little bit, man. Start getting that six pack going on. I tell you. It's, it's all it, good. It, it was bizarre. Like, I feel good, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, holy cow. That's not right. Yeah. Muscle, man. Don't sell yourself short, Brent. Yeah.
1: Not sure about that. Don't
0: sell yourself short now. Now
1: I'm even hitting it harder in March. I'm going back to the no sugar in March. Okay. I gotta get ready oh, for all man. the girls in California. Oh, and in Vegas California too. California
0: girls. That's California. That's that song. That's a Katy Perry song. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a couple <laughs> California girls songs. But uh, Katy Perry also sang that one as well. Yeah,
1: there's only one girl in California. My wife will be there. There it is.
0: Enough said, man.
1: Gosh, that was a good rescue on my part. Uh,
0: all right. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin in Action
1: Sports Chats on ESPN 690. We are at Monster Jam TIAA Bank. I wonder if there's going to be a little practice. I think there is. I mean, there's a lot of activity around here. Yeah. Getting ready for tomorrow night. Yeah. And um, always a fun time. So this place will be packed and it's, it seems like it's always chilly during Monster Jam time. I've, I I've come before well, and it was cool. Yeah. It's like this kind of weather, which is freezing. It's just that at night, you know, obviously the temperatures dip down. Yeah. So it'll be a little bit on the cool side, but doesn't matter. People no. love their Monster Jam, man.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we were here a couple years ago and it was not cool. It was like 85 degrees. Oh, it was and a hot anyway. one. Well, and we were here because we, you know, we had the pit passes, so we had to see all the trucks first. And it's always kind of a weird scene, right? Because. I guess in, like a, like, a lot of driving, you know, like, where the trucks are a lot more popular than the drivers, with, with all the respect to the drivers, yeah, absolutely. right? Like, my son couldn't name any of the drivers who actually <laughs> drive the monster trucks, but he knows the gravedigger truck. He he knows the, you know, I mean, he knows, like, the monster uh, vehicle. So, like, you know, it was more about just actually going to that. We got to stop the show for the... Well, we can. We can yeah. stand up.
1: All right. We didn't know about this. Listen to that national anthem. Yeah. Oh, a little, a uh, little uh, national anthem. We always have a couple minutes for the national anthem. I don't know if that was just rehearsal for tomorrow night, or if there's something that they're going to get going here. Yeah. But either way, is a national. I think they might do that at the start oh, of practice. Sure. Yeah, I think this was just like a little. By the yeah, way, uh, I hey everybody those, here, thanks for the heads up. Yeah, oh, no kidding. Got a little live radio show
0: I going. I think that on. was a little rehearsal, Brent, because now look, look they're getting ready for the. They're playing. Disturbed on the radio right now I'm On the on the sound system disturbs coming on So one would assume That this is like The intro for tomorrow
1: Yeah, yeah I think uh, But
0: it also might be Some practice Ready yeah. to go Well, hey And you know what Note to ourselves If we ever run out of topics But we get, like, have this take like, A really slow day Just blast the national anthem For a couple of minutes, man And save us some
1: time Yeah uh, So, uh, well That just happened Here yeah. on Action Sports Jack's On ESPN 690 As we are at Monster Jam And live And uh, again The big night's tomorrow But They've had a bunch of festivities going on here today, and uh, looking forward to see if the the trucks come out here. You know, you hit it on the head. It doesn't. There are some things in sports, but in life, that it doesn't matter if you're 65, 45, 25, or five mm-hmm. that are cool. And the monster trucks are still cool. Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. whether you want to go for three hours, but if you see one, you want to check it out. That's of course, man. Like, that yeah. big truck that drives up next to you on the road and yeah. the guy that spent <laughs> all those money on tires, you know, yeah. Yeah. you're like, that hey, it's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. everybody yeah. in the car says it. Exactly, man. You don't man. Have to be a man, woman, anything. Yep. It doesn't matter. Yep. So uh, it is one of those things, which is pretty wild, uh, and uh, Monster Jam tomorrow night. All right. Uh, build your own team. Yes. At the draft, yeah. what kind of traits are you looking for in a player Yeah. if you're this team? But you're the GM, okay? Yep. And I'm listen, I understand the check, the boxes. We're talking about all good athletes. I'm going deeper than that. Yeah. What do you
0: want in your player? So, first of all, I'm going to start with this, man. Because, obviously, there's always some red flags with players, right? And I think to build a team, you have to know how to address that kind of situation, right? Because there's always going to be guys that have uber talent. Yeah, baby! Okay. They yep, did they're come out, here, out here. They're out here now. Wow. This is wow. Fun. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like our show just got tougher than it already is. Oh, man. I mean, the, the testosterone right now that's coming through the airwaves, Brent, is unbelievable. <laughs> okay. All right. So keep on going? Okay, well I'll try to here. It's a little difficult. But test your concentration. Exactly. So when we're talking about players with red flags, obviously that, that is a big question. And you know, I kind of approach it like this, and this is actually some advice that I got from my mom because truth be told, I got in trouble in high school. I ended up getting an underage. Um, and that was brought up at the combine. And I think the biggest thing, whether it's an underage in high school, whether it's, you know, you get arrested in college. Like, listen, obviously there are varying degrees of how bad the incident was, right? Like, I think from a standpoint where, you know, and and I've been very loud on this point, where if it's something revolving domestic abuse, it's hard for me to come along with you, man, and bring you on my team. But if it's something like an underage, even a DUI, things of that nature – what I look for, because obviously you have to bring that stuff up, man. That's a, that's a big deal. Those are serious, um, you know, accusations. So, if I'm interviewing a guy coming into the NFL and he's been in a little bit of a trouble, listen, everybody makes mistakes, Brent. But what I want to hear from the dude is the fact that he acknowledges that he was at, you know, he, that he was in the wrong and that he's learned from it. Because a lot of times you hear these horror stories from combine interviews where a player could get in trouble. And all he does is want to blame the finger at somebody else and not take responsibility. The first sign of maturity, especially on, on my football team, is you showing that you take responsibility for your actions and you showing that, you know, you've grown and you've matured from the incident. So that's one of the very first things I'm gonna look for. Now, if I'm a position coach, right? If I'm a defensive line coach, something like that, and I'm trying to bring in, you know, defensive tackle, defensive end, one of the biggest questions I'm gonna ask, because we talk about it all the time, Brent. What makes a great coach is a coach that can adapt to his players and not make his players adapt to him. The first thing I'm going to ask my players that I'm trying to interview here is, what kind of learners are they? Are they visual learners? Are they auditory learners? Uh, are they read-write learners? Or are they kinesthetic learners where they learn you know, by example, like they learn by movement? That's important to know, man, because the fastest way to get out of the NFL is to mess up your playbook and is to not know your plays. So you better believe whoever I'm going to bring in, I'm going to know how they learn, their learning styles, and then I'm going to set them up for success when we get in training camp and OTAs where they're going to have that playbook down, man. Because like I said, the best way out of the league is not knowing your playbook. That's good
1: stuff. Uh, here's here's what I look at, okay, without getting too buried in like um, all the words, the buzzwords, and yeah. some of them that everybody brings up but, and that are true. Yeah. I want to take – Two guys that have been drafted here in the last handful of years, and I want to clone them as much as possible. Okay. Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. Two different guys. Big time. Totally different. Yeah. But traits that I think add up and start building your culture of your team. One. Okay. They love football. Everybody wants to find the guy that loves football. And by the way, that sounds like everybody loves football. That is not the case. I'm sure you played with guys that they were doing this for a job, a paycheck, and really, if they were done tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. Correct. So finding that is is everybody tells you they love football at the combine interviews and all these other interviews. Sure. But can you find the guy that plays like he loves football? Yes. Right? Plays with a smile on his face. Now, Jan doesn't know he plays with a smile on his face. (laughs) He plays a little angry. Yeah. That's okay, too. I need a guy. You just said something really interesting about the playbook, and I didn't relate it to the playbook as much. But when 2017, I remember this uh, conversation I had with Tayshaun Gibson, and it was interesting. He said, Listen, we're good players. Like, we have a lot of good players on defense, but we are smart players on defense. Like, we have a lot of guys with football IQ. Sure. It's another thing that gets overlooked because a lot of times they check the boxes and they say height, weight, athleticism. And by the way, if you're a freak athlete, you can, you can. Take less of a guy who maybe doesn't have complete the, the best IQ. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I'm talking about like football IQ. Yeah. Uh, or the best will to participate on every play or any of those things. Yeah. The freakier the athlete, the more you're okay to dismiss that. By the way, you need some of those just raw, crazy athlete guys on your team too. Correct. But I love when Tayshawn Gibson told me that you looked around and you had the Camaros and the Yandi's and. and Telvin Smith, very instinctual player. Correct. So I liken the IQ to instinctual. Because what it can do is if you're a step slow on the 40-yard dash, yeah. well, you make up for it. Paul Leslie was not the greatest athlete. Correct. He made up for a lot because of his instincts, his knowledge, about. his football IQ. I think that's important. The smarter the football team you can have, I think the better you're going to be because the more disciplined you're going to be, the more consistency you're going to be, and you know what to expect. And if you go into your football team or any game or anything in life and you know what somebody's going to give you every single time out, well, that's easier to coach, it's easier to game plan for, it's all those things. you got a guy that's erratic and you're not sure which guy's going to show up today, that's a little harder to do. Sure. So I love the guy that obviously has a passion to play. I think of Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe. They love playing football, right? Yep. They play right now on this dirt instead yeah. of field. I think about guys that are savvy and instinctual. And A guy like Yannick who might make up for his lack of size, but with some of that instinct and savvy and, and IQ. Josh Allen who can play multiple positions with that. So I love those traits right there. And then I think the one that has been... This is a hard one to to diagnose, okay? The guy that is playing at a more physical or tougher level than what football players normally play. And I don't mean reckless, because there's a difference. But we have said it about this team. This team, at times, doesn't strike the fear of physical in you. Correct. That doesn't mean they're not physical individually. It doesn't mean they're not tough. It's just not their
0: identity, though.
1: But it's not. And so in this league, in late December, in January, whether it's a mental toughness or this extra notch-up of a physical toughness, I feel like that's what this team has kind of lacked at times. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that goes under maturity. I don't know uh, what it goes under, but I want to find it. So if you give me three things in a guy that I could have – I want to find that love, passion that that, that just shows. It oozes. And there's no question. Because you know how many guys are questioned this week about, do they have a high motor? Do they take a couple plays off? I don't want that guy. I would like to avoid that guy. I want the football savvy, the IQ guy, the instinctual guy, that even if he's really skillful, he's going to get that extra strength because of his instincts. If he's not super talented skill-wise or athlete-wise, well, he's going to make up for it because of that instinct. Sure. And then I want this ultra – it's a tough man sport, man. I mean, you've got to be tougher than the next guy. They're all tough, but you got to be tougher than the next guy. Yeah. And I need more of those guys. The more I can have – again, I don't need to make that cookie cutter because what separates my football team – if I have more of that, what separates it is the different amount of athleticism, mm-hmm. is the personalities. Yeah. Right. I just gave you two guys like Josh Allen, Yannick, and Gakwe, totally different personalities. Sure. Yep. And that's okay. Both are okay to have. Both I like on my football team. But I think they also have some of those things in common that I mentioned. The physical nature, the IQ nature, the love to play the game. Yep. So you can be different and still have
0: those. Well, let me ask this question right now, Brent, because... As I go over some of the teams that I was on in the NFL and, and I look over those rosters I was a part of in that locker room and I look at some of the talent, some of those talented guys that I played with, they were a little rough-around-the-edges kind of guys. Now, I don't know if they were really like troublemakers coming out of high school or out of college, but there were some rough-around-the-edges guys that were super talented. My question to you is, if you're the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, all right, and you just fired Tom Coughlin, obviously you're still trying to rebuild that culture do you take a chance on a guy who has some red flags to him and obviously maybe get him, you know, maybe at a discount with the red flags, or do you just bypass him knowing that, you know what, we're a pretty young team as it is right now, we have to focus on winning, and I'm not sure if I can cater to a guy with red flags right now.
1: Yeah, and I think here's the deal. When you're not a very good football team, and the Jaguars, who knows, they don't look like they are, uh, and they haven't been, I don't think you can pigeonhole yourself. I think you got to take it case by case. But to your point... Over the years, Gene Smith tried to get players that were captains, right? Sure. And they were that kind of like you almost that small military kind of yeah, way. Yeah. yeah, small yeah. School, but you know, they were they were leaders. You Correct. Know, and, and it looked like they were leaders. Yeah. I don't want to pigeonhole myself there. I think I've heard uh, Dave Caldwell say. We don't, we're never going to have 52 or 53 angelic players. Of course. I understand that point. Yeah. What I have said over the years is it's okay to have the Jalen Ramsey. By the way, he wasn't like a red flag in terms of off field or anything. Yeah, but yeah. But he's a different cat. Yes. And you have to be able to handle that. You have to know how many of those guys you can handle. Mm. If you get rid of Calais Campbell, you get rid of A.J. Boye, how many of those guys can you handle? Mm-hmm. You know, Leonard Fournette has had some times. Uh, Jalen did have it. Miles Jack a little bit, you know. Yeah, Miles Castro getting thrown off the field. I mean the Kelvin yeah. Smith stuff that happened. What, my view of it, and I don't know what the number is, is I don't. I'll have a couple of those guys. I can't have a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so I almost, I, I liken it. And I look around a locker room. And I say, okay, are there two of those guys on the offensive side of the ball, and two of those guys on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe one of them on special teams? Yeah. I'm okay with that. We've okay. got 48 other guys to help build the culture. You're not going to have everybody, of course, but they better be contributors, and they better be a contributor in a big way that you can say, okay, that's okay. Yeah. And I think usually those guys, are, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., he can be a pain in the butt. Of course. The whole thing can be a pain in the butt. But yep. is he working? Well, you have to question the dynamic of what you have. Yeah. Was it working as a rebuilding in New York? Yeah. Is it working in Cleveland? I don't know. Yeah. Would it work in New England? Probably. Absolutely. Would it work in Pittsburgh? I mean, look what they made work in Pittsburgh. I think yeah. Pittsburgh is a great example of all that. They might have had more than two guys on each side of the ball. I mean, at times, they might have had five guys on each side and they were still because of Tomlin, and I think Roethlisberger, and some of their, and kind of the Pittsburgh Steeler way, if you will, were able to make that work. I don't know if you can invite that much here in Jacksonville. I -hmm. I don't think you could. So it's a situational deal. I don't mind it. I just can't have too many of it. Whatever it is, it's an all-different thing what you're asking. Yeah. I can't have too many of those guys. And I do think in 2018, because some of the immaturities here in Jacksonville, because some of that mentality of, oh, we figured this thing out, yeah. that blossomed. And there was more of that than was allowable. More so, of that to be successful than you could afford.
0: So let me ask you this, and I don't need your to name any names or anything, but if you look at this 2020 roster right now, the way it's set, do they have enough guys with that kind of type of, you know, Rough around the edges Can you afford to have A couple more Or are they kind of All set And they've reached Their maximum limit Right now Where it stands That's a good question I
1: don't know If they have many of them Yeah uh, Really I look at it I mean the offensive lines, the offensive line That's not where you Find those guys Yeah Fournette had, looks like Fournette yeah. would be One of those guys A lot of maturity Fournette's the guy That, that grew up a lot In the last year But now he's still Treating things and yeah. and, But he's that guy Yeah Sometimes Yeah Because he's a moody guy Like that Sure but, he, he, but he's not a dangerous guy you know, no, I don't no. think he's dangerous in that respect. You know, look at the receivers chart. Conley, Westbrook, you're not really running into that. No. Doesn't seem like it. Tight end spot, you're not running into it. So, offensively, I mean, maybe Fournette's that guy. Yeah. That that might be like, oh. Uh, the defensive side, I don't know. I don't think there are. I mean, that, you lost. Jalen was that. Yeah. Right?
0: Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I just bring up Miles Jack from the standpoint of, you know, he got thrown off the field and everything like that, and he had to get. Yeah. But th- th- that was just a, that was a one- You know, that was the first game of the season. Tensions were high and everything. So I would almost give uh, Miles Jack a a pass on that one.
1: Uh, Here's the deal. I think Miles Jack uh, is not necessarily that guy, but he needs to mature more because this team needs him to. Yeah. You know, he needs to, when you make that money, when you kind of want to be the guy with a C on your jersey, like it felt like he talked that game. Sure and then you didn't really live up to it because of the first game, because of your play, because whatever it is. I think I think he's different in that way, but he does need to mature it from my view. That's yeah. my, I mean, I, listen, I don't know Miles that well. I'm not familiar with him every time. But my view, from what I hear, I think they need more mature because they need it. And he'll be a better player for it. But sometimes I think that's more natural progression of a young guy. And maybe with Telvin gone and other people gone, they put too much on his plate. But, man, it's a great – you know, over the years at times, like, Darius was a little bit of that guy. Yeah. But he wasn't in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, I really don't – maybe, you know, to to answer our question as we're talking about it, maybe they need one or two of those guys. Mm -hmm. And they don't have them. Maybe they need one more of those guys. Yeah. You know, because, listen, we did say this. Jalen Ramsey gave this football team a swagger, whether you liked it or not, yep. that got taken away five weeks into the season, really two weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. And once three weeks in because that Thursday night game. Once that was gone, we talk about identity, we talk about personality, all that stuff that was there in 17 and 18 because of this defense kind of disappeared. Yeah, The defense wasn't as good because it can't be as good if you lose one of your best players, if not the best. The defense lacked a little personality because... That whole situation was a pain in the butt for three weeks, and then your personality guy from a quote standpoint, from an on-the-field swag standpoint, was yep. gone. Correct. So who had that? And I think it's still a fair question. Who's going to deliver that? Telvin Smith had some of that in him. Yeah. You know, whether you didn't like his play all the time or not, he had some of that in him. Well, yeah. well last year they lost two of those guys. I'll tell you who else had that. And they lost a lot of personality in the position. his free safety. Tayshawn Gibson had yeah. that in him. And they lost it from a personality standpoint. So that's what I'm talking about. When yeah. you build your team to unique personalities, what's really interesting is gardner Minshew may elevate it to an nth degree Absolutely. on the offensive side at quarterback, which yeah. is something this franchise has never had from that position in terms of that kind of swag personality. Yeah. He's that guy. Sure. I, I said it last year. The identity of this football team is gardner Minshew.
0: You're right. Yeah.
1: And... and that might not be a bad thing, Yeah, but it was. Well, and you need more of, you need a little personality in your football
0: team. Well, and we talk personality too, Brent. Obviously, like, you know, class Campbell, fantastic dude. You know, I don't think he's really that rough around that just type of guy. I don't think Josh Allen or really Yannick Ngakwe are either, but you want to talk about in terms of swag and energy, if you could somehow maintain Yannick Ngakwe and keep developing Josh Allen, you might have something there at the bookends where they can kind of bring some of that swag that, you know, is lost with Jalen Ramsey now.
1: Nenny Kangakwe did tweet a little bit. We'll share him. Oh, can't wait. What else is coming up? Included uh, Your thoughts on an MMA Minute, and your fight is a, a week away. Uh, plus, the UNF Ospreys' 20th win in a record-breaking season in the regular season. Now they got to go try to get to the NCAA tournament. All that and more football when we come back. Action for Shacks on ESPN 690. Everybody was like, we want to see how the Georgia offensive line is going to do. First thing, first play, we got a flea flicker. Guess what dog is barking first? The Georgia Bulldog. And, like, that's one time I've seen the stadium. I played in the stadium a lot. I played in the games, a whole bunch of games at home. But that's one time I see the stadium, like, just erupting, just shake. Like, I couldn't hear anything. Like, it was one of the most exciting moments ever. That is Solomon Kinley, offensive lineman from Georgia. And he is a big dude, man. 6'3", and he said there's some eighths in there as well. 336 pounds. He's a mauler. Big boy. And... What a great personality, guy! He's from Rains High School. The the fun part for us. This is what's cool about doing local sports. I think this is why we do it. This is the fun part to me. Yeah. We told the story when he was a sophomore at Rains in the summer. Now he's a big dude. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah. he's he's in his three hundreds yeah. playing offensive line as a sophomore. I think it was. And he's a lifeguard in the summer. Okay. At the Rains pool. <laughs> And so we had a great, fun story with it we did on the TV side. And now you think six years later, seven years later, he's going to the NFL. And he's going to be a good player in the NFL, I think. But the personality from that shy kid on camera as a sophomore lifeguard to now where he is just oozing with personality, man, for an offensive lineman who's usually, those guys are usually pretty quiet. They're
0: they're, they're kind of their own little world and everything. (laughs) And and Brent, you you said it, man. Like, that's what you live for, right? it's watching those guys grow, right? It's, it's watching them come from, you know, like being a lifeguard, being the quiet kid, Now all of a sudden on the biggest stage in the NFL getting ready to, you know, realize his dreams. There's nothing better than just getting, you know, to kind of basically buying a ticket and taking the ride with them. Well, yeah.
1: hey, here's the deal. You know who knows a lot about that? Yeah. Our next guest. Uh, Matthew Drisco, the UNF men's basketball coach, joined us on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. And by the way, we appreciate everybody hanging with us. We're at the Monster Jam. You hear the trucks ripping and roaring. we got some music going on. we got a lot of background noise. Oh, yeah. But hopefully you can hear us okay. Hopefully you can hear Coach as well. Coach, you just heard us talk about Solomon Kinley. That's what it's all about, right?
2: And hey, let, me, let me ask you this question. If he comes off the edge and does a cannonball as a lifeguard, <laughs> At 145 pounds, I think his wave alone would allow me to perplex me out of the water if I needed saved. So, I think when you have someone that size as a lifeguard, you have multiple things you can get accomplished. <laughs> well, good, well, that's the thing, being a, being a lifeguard,
0: Brett, Like, did he even have to swim to somebody? Like, I feel like you could just, if you're that tall, touch the ground and walk over to somebody and save them, man. Like, I feel like he's got a man as a lifeguard. He might even scare people out
2: of the water. If you're driving, he might hey, get out of the water. You'd be, all right, I'm out. Sometimes that's what they say about me when I coach them hard. There we go. Coach Perkins, one of our assistants, one of his childhood friends growing up, one of his best friends used to drive Bigfoot. And uh, it was really, really cool. And, yeah, he really, really loved driving it. When we were in Wyoming, believe it or not, we couldn't do the monster jam, but we had indoor rodeos. And I'm going to tell you what, those were a lot of fun, a lot of dirt being kicked around, a lot of a lot of prodding and you know what And uh, so, hey, here, here's what I want to know. Like, if you guys want to go out on a sunny day in Florida with 60 degrees, why not get an Oakley sunglasses contract and go sit on the other side of the stadium where the sun's shining and then maybe you won't look like you're freezing like you look like on the radio right now? Chris, hey, I'm not going to
0: lie. Coach's making some great points right now. He okay? is. Listen. He's making some fantastic points.
1: Coach, it's been a battle. I have no idea where they're going to put me. There's restrictions all over. I've got ten power
2: hey. outlets right in front of me, and they all didn't hey. work. How, how about Home Depot and the chimney? How about like sell a couple chimneys online while you're doing the show? I mean, something. Yeah, tomorrow. I think Monday will be at the beach. Hopefully, it's 85. Now we're
0: 7. talking.
1: <laughs> it's a very good point. Hey, congratulations, man! 20th win last night. 13th win in a Sun play, which is a school record. Uh, and you talk about watching a team grow and, and guys grow. You got a fantastic group of seniors, and uh, it's on to the a Sun tournament.
2: Well, first of all, first in six years, this is the third time we've won 20, and we've got another opportunity. You know, depending on how this thing shakes out tomorrow, we're off, which is really really great. And you never know what can happen. Liberty's on the road, and they're obviously a half a game ahead of us, but. Lipscomb's a tough out. They're very, very good at home, and if things don't go Liberty's way, we could also be champions in the regular season, which means a lot and says a lot about this group that we have. But tonight I'll be recruiting with the rest of the staff. Tomorrow we'll be out recruiting with the rest of the staff, trying to get ready for what's at hand when these guys leave us. But you go into Sunday, you're in your preparation your install, like football would do, Austin back when you played. Absolutely. And then Monday you fine tune it a little bit. You take that monster jam. Um, what do you What do you call that pit row? And you put a couple tweaks and a couple uh your torques. Yep. And then next thing you know, you tip it off at home as the number two seed Tuesday night at seven o'clock. So definitely locked and loaded. Garrett Sands became the third player in Division One history to get over. 1,500 points. Iván Gondea Rosa will lead the league for the first time ever in the history of the league. In a for three straight years, Wajid Aminu's got a chance to be the all-time leading rebounder. His all-time leader in blocks already, and should be defensive. Not only should he be defensive player of the year. Listen to this crazy stat. He has more blocks in the A Sun than six teams do as a team combined. Wow! Dang. Let me that? let me repeat that. He's wow. got more blocks. We lead the league in blocks again. He's got more blocks in the A Sun than sixteen have in the A Sun. So throwing block parties out here, Brent. I like it. We have a, we have a lot like of it. good stuff going on.
1: That's awesome. Uh,
2: Great stuff. Uh,
0: So, Coach, you know, obviously with the tournament coming up now, I mean, you have to approach it as obviously you have to take care of business yourselves. But at the same time, you can kind of expect who your opponents are going to be a little bit. So how much goes into it of scouting other teams and kind of having the idea of who you're going to play? And then obviously how much goes into just taking care of yourselves and making sure you guys handle business?
2: Well, uh, I will tell you this, Austin. I know being a former athlete, you understanding this. Coaches are always in preparation mode. We're never happy, even though I really need to enjoy more of what just transpired. But we're always on to the next thing, sort of like J.D. says. And and he's not talking about Beyonce on the left, on the left. (laughs) However, the left column isn't where you want to be, right? So Beyonce ain't bad. But, you know, the thing that we do right now is is we're getting locked into who it might be. So we look back at those games while I'm driving on the road recruiting at those potential opponents. And then the other thing is you really have to understand who you are and see where you can tighten the ship a little bit and really make sure your guys are physically and really spiritually in a sense that their their mental togetherness and their mental spirit de corps is at a high because it's all about surviving in advance. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's by one or 21 – it's all about survive in advance. And as you go into this tournament, if you look at it, where there's there's only two teams in Florida that have 20 wins, us and Florida State. And the only team below us is Florida. So like what we've done is really special. But we're in the A sun and it's a one bid league. So what you do on Tuesday night is the only thing that matters because we know from experience you can't win a championship unless you win the first game. So that's kind of where we are on a mindset as we take these first Friday and Saturday off today and tomorrow in preparation for getting our bodies ready for that next level.
1: That's awesome, uh, and obviously uh, you'll find out uh, tomorrow night who you're going to play in that game, where the seedings, all that good stuff. Hey, I want to ask you something. I brought you up earlier in the show. I don't know if you were listening or if you're just ears were ringing today or you just wanted to <laughs> comfort us because we looked cold. But uh, we we were talking about a coach. I don't, you don't have to comment on this part of it as much, but uh, we are talking about a coach uh, that coached baseball in high school, and he got fired after winning a state championship because he swore on the bus in celebration and swore quite a bit. It was pretty profanely laced. But uh, I remember doing the story with you, and I brought it up, that you guys don't swear, and if you swear, you, you you drop down and do push-ups. Is that still the case? And share with everybody why you why you did that or do that, and, and how that all came about.
2: Well, first of all, when you did the video, they had me doing push-ups on the video, and you made it seem like I had just sworn because you had <laughs> got the picture. But, but what we also do is, when we miss a layup as coaches, when we do pre-practice, we got to do ten push-ups. So you got me on video doing push-ups, but it was for the wrong <laughs> purpose. But but the answer to answer your question is yes, and and it really goes back to when I left. I, I really was um, I, I had a, I, I didn't like the way I was um, with the words that I used at times, but I also knew I could stop using them. And when I got to go to Baylor with Coach Drew. Actually, at Valparaiso with Coach Drew, there there was no there was a no cussing policy. Like you weren't going to do it. And I thought to myself, "There's no way." But we didn't do it. And when we got to Baylor, it was the same thing. And so I thought that, So I just stopped, almost like being an addict. I just stopped. And am I perfect? No. Do I sin? Of course. And have I sworn a couple times? Yes. And it's funny. I'll tell you a good story about it. We still do it. And I think it's really important because if the president comes and watch practice and all of a sudden you're not swearing, but when he's not there, you do it. So then really are you true to who you are? If little children come to practice to watch practice and you don't swear, but when they leave you swear, well, why do you have to swear was kind of my mindset when Uh, we got the job. Good point. So that's why we don't do it. Like you don't need to do it. If you're not going to do it all the time, then don't do it. And I'll tell you a good story. Garrett Sam, he got me so upset at Arkansas for as a freshman. And he got me. It was like a two-point game, you know. And, and I, I I was so hot that I got the assistants together during the time mark. And I said something. And I went down and I did push-ups. Well, I didn't know that the camera was recording me. So when they come back from the commercial, they said, Man, even the head coach is doing push-ups. And Garrett (laughs) Sam's dad, it's a great story, Garrett Sam's dad texted Coach Perkins and said, please tell me Coach wasn't doing push-ups because of my son. So, you know, it's uh, it's something that we're really, really um, um, uh, cognizant of, and we really want to help these young men. It doesn't mean you're going to be the greatest father. It don't mean you're going to be the greatest husband. But it does have something about it that can help you in life that it's not all it's not something that has to be laced and it has to be every other word and yada 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 and so that's why we do it
1: yeah it's pretty good story and uh, like i said you can go back and watch that story that i erroneously put coach doing push-ups on (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) work (laughs) jacks as well all right hey we got to get running in a minute i'm glad you called in though and uh, you got to get running or driving which one Well, driving or – Hopefully driving. To be honest with you, do nothing. We're just going to hit a break in a couple (laughs) minutes. But I want to get you a real quick big picture. College basketball, weird this year. Seven different number ones. I know you pay attention to everybody. Uh, I don't feel like there's a dominant team. I mean, you got Duke who seems like they're good at times and then not so good. Your former uh, coaching staff in Baylor, very good. Uh, Dayton, really good. You played them earlier in the year. What – I mean, this is going to be crazy
2: March, isn't it? Here, here's something brent for you that i think you'll appreciate three of the top 10 net teams in america which are currently quote unquote the best teams whatever like three of those dudes we played and i'm telling you right now like creighton's as good as anybody dayton's as good as anybody florida state can be a beast on any given night iowa is really really good florida you know i know everybody's up and down about them so so my answer to your question is in short mode, we've probably got more people that have the opportunity to win a championship than we may have ever had in basketball before. It's just that wide open. And everything depends on, and you know this better than anyone, it all depends on seating and who you go up against because sometimes that kryptonite is what really can hurt you. And And when that kryptonite comes in, And it's one of those teams where you're just not good. You could be, let's say you're Gonzaga and you're, you know, 29, 32, and 2, and you face that one team that you're just not good against because they do something you're just not good at. Next thing you know, you get knocked out and everybody says, well, look at them, they can't this, or look at them, they can't. It's all about those matchups are so critical.
1: If I'm, if I'm a critic, do I say it's watered down and that's why it's wide open
2: or it's just great no, because it's parity no, and wide no, open? No, 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 no. You cannot use that word, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you don't have early entry in a draft. We went from 15 scholarships to 13 scholarships. It is not watered down. What it is is that there's just no dominance of teams like there was maybe in the last couple of years where there's four, five, six, seven. Like, look at Baylor's team. They got a division three guy. They got a guy. Nobody wanted to take. They got a transfer from a school like ours. They got a Juco kid. What you got is you got a bunch of really good coaches that know how to coach that have built their teams the right way. Like that's what's special about us. Like we've embraced who we are. Like we shoot 3s do Don't be embarrassed. That's what we do. (laughs) So I really, you got me excited. So I really, so I I really think it's, it's not watered down, man. It's not watered down. It's, It's like, it's just parody right now.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And, by the way, you do shoot threes pretty well. You've made more than uh, anybody in the entire country. And hopefully a lot of them next week will be there, by the way, for Tuesday's home game at UNF Arena. Tickets are on sale. Check it out, com. But uh, hopefully you can join us on Tuesday.
2: Hey, Brent, can I say one more thing about what you just said? Sure. Listen, not only do we shoot threes, but here's what people don't realize. We have the greatest three point differential in college basketball. We are number one. And three Great pointers company. made and three pointers allowed. We only give up in our league, we give up less than four a game. So uh, there's some incredible statistics. Like we've made like we've scored like eleven hundred and forty points from three and we've given up like four hundred and thirty five. Something like I don't have it in front of me. But my point is like people think about the makes. But they don't realize how well we guard it. We also lead the league in block shots. Like well, Wajid is going to be defensive player of the year again. So it isn't like we don't guard the arc as well too. So I'm really proud of our guys for that. We just got to continue to rebound better, you know? All right, listen, you got to go. I see what's going on behind you. You got great. Maybe a little bit of sunlight. Get warm. Get a A. Get an Oakley sponsorship. And thanks for having me on. See you, gentlemen. Hey, have a great weekend. Appreciate it, we'll Coach. Tuesday, and we'll get you a pair of those Oakleys if we get the Oakley
1: sponsorship. You just <laughs> let it, let the uh, search for a sunglass sponsorship. Oh, I, I love it. it. Uh, Coach Matthew Driscoll, UNF, has done a fantastic job. Hey, they can get it done. Yeah. Uh, they can go to the NCAA tournament. They're three wins away, and if they would like to say, they're 1-0. and uh, That's all they're trying to be on Tuesday night. But they got to go 1-0 three times, and they get a chance to dance in March. We'll be right back with an hour left of the week. we talk some more football, of course. A little bit more about Austin's fight coming up next week, too. That's a week away. It's a big week for everybody around here to lead off March. We'll be back. Action Sports Jackson ESPN 69.
0: Uh, I think that's uh that's fair to say. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't regret anything I did at Florida State, but I know I definitely could have accomplished more. You know, I, I went to Florida State to win championships, or uh, to win games. Uh, obviously, that didn't go as planned, but um, God still put me here. He put me in this position to be here today. So um, uh, I'm blessed.
1: That's Cam Akers, Florida State running back. I like this guy. I'm telling you, there are few people that I've said at the college level. You go to like a spring. I think the spring games are the Most overrated Saturdays of the year. (laughs) Yeah. I really do. Um, I mean, it's fine that they have them. I'm not, if you want to go and enjoy, that's fine. I just, I don't put any stock into them at all. Like, at all. (laughs) None. Um, But I will say, when I watched Cam Akers in that spring game, his first year at Florida State, I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this cat is going to be good. I mean, he looked the part, and he was good. But he was often, in my opinion, at Florida State used wrong, used behind an offensive line that was horrific, used in a stretch of years that were obviously not very good for Florida State, and full of adversity all around the football team, offensively, quarterbacks, coaches, offensive line, and the rest. So I actually had asked him at the Combine this week, I said, you know, with all due respect, you had a a lot of great plays and, and had some great success at Florida State, but... Do you feel like there's so much left in the tank that we haven't seen yet? And that was his response to it. Because I believe that. I really do. I think somebody's going to get a hold of Cam Akers... And they're going to utilize him the right way, and I think he's got a chance to be special. I I thought he should have been more special in college than he was, and I don't really blame him for that. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. I blame more Florida State the way they used him or or lack thereof and all the messes that they had going on. But they should have gotten more out of Cam Akers in his tenure at Florida State than they did. Maybe the NFL will get more out of him.
0: Well, listen, and, and, and this is where the combine and this is where scouting comes in, right? Because it's like you said, Cam Akers play on some pretty bad teams in a pretty bad environment at Florida State. But every once in a while, you'd see these glimpses of Cam Akers, right? And you'd see these glimpses of brilliance. And then that's what NFL teams, I mean, you know, that's what they're all about, where they understand that sometimes, whether it's the circumstances of the coaching or the talent that you surround yourself with, it's not up to par. So with that being said, I think if Cam Akers can have a great combine, obviously, and, and nail the interview portion, his stock's only going to go up from there. And, and listen, it doesn't matter if you're a D3 guy, if you played in Canada, if you played at junior college, or if you're Cam Akers coming from a kind of a bad situation, like... If you're good, you're good. And I think with Cam Akers and scouts, realize this as well. He is good. And I, I probably watched him to see maybe like a second round or th- third round, um, you know, grade coming out of this combine.
1: You know, I, how many guys does that happen to? You know, I think we talk about it in the NBA sometimes. It fascinates me that. Uh, we. I think we just mentioned it last week, like a Chandler Parsons or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, good player, but. Wow, in the NBA. You know, you have that in the NBA. Yeah. A lot of small school guys yep. end up in the NBA that you really even haven't heard about, and they get picked maybe in like the 18th overall pick or the 26th overall pick. You're like, wow, who is this guy? Sure. And now, listen, these days it seems like everybody in the NBA averages 18 points a game. <laughs> like, if <laughs> yeah. you don't average 18 points a game, you probably shouldn't be on the roster. You're not really good, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, everybody yeah. averages like 12 to 18. Sure. It just feels like that. But uh, I think in the NFL there's probably so many stories You know, that jump out of players that were just okay in college, maybe underused in college, somewhat disappointing careers in college, and then perform better at the NFL level. We talk about the other side of it. We talk about these great guys that are picked high, and they have so much expectation, and they are busts. They fail. They don't live up to it. We don't talk about the other side. And see, I'm not talking about the guy that... uh, Let's see, I'm going to try to find one real quick. Uh, Gosh, I can't even – well, listen, I'm not even talking about, like, the Gardner mid Okay. Okay, like the mid that that he kind of is a journeyman in college, gets picked in the sixth round, and now obviously even this first year he outperformed, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about the guy – how many times do we see a guy that is five-star guy, four-star guy, supposed to come in and be great at any position, yeah. has an okay career, but then goes to the NFL and is like, boom blows up. Has a great career. And again, I kind of just think of the top, so it's not like I've done any homework on it. I don't even know who else would be in that category. I'm just telling you, I think Cam Akers could be in that category.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I I absolutely agree. Because listen, you, you can't teach speed You can't teach elusiveness Sure, you can coach somebody on maybe having better instincts Of where to hit the hole and everything At the running back position But with what we've seen with Cam Makers Because I saw a lot of Florida State games last year man. And like, like I said, every once in a while And it wasn't much to the help of his offensive line But that guy broke loose for one and he showed what he's capable of. So I think scouts are obviously intrigued by that. Obviously scouts love speed, especially in the NFL now with these high-scoring offenses. that they love speed. They love to be able to put a guy in a, you know, like whether it's in jet formation. I think Cam Akers can do a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? I think Cam Akers, you can put up in a couple spots. So I think he's very intriguing from that standpoint. And once again, you can't teach speed. So I look for Cam Akers to have a great combine and then improve his stock. Do you think
1: it matters at all? Like, if you take a look at, uh, again, it's kind of a little bit of a different era, but right before uh, Cam Akers came, it was Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And I, I like Dalvin Cook a lot. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I thought he was going to be unbelievable in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a bit risky. I couldn't figure it out. Like, I didn't have a good feel for him coming out. Well, he's been fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, had the one year with injury, but he's been fantastic. Absolutely. And so I wonder, like... Does that matter? Like, do you say, "Hey, this guy went to Florida State, and this guy was a really good athlete, and, a good, and look how he translated to the NFL"? Sure. I don't know. I mean, it's an individual basis, but I wonder if, like, almost Dalvin Cook's success mm-hmm. helps Cam Akers, yeah, climb boards a little bit.
0: Well, and listen, and it, it's always kind of a deceiving thing, right, to be a running back in college football. Because, for instance, look at the Wisconsin Badgers. The Wisconsin Badgers turn out running backs every single year for the NFL draft, right? Now, M- Melvin Gordon kind of broke the mold, and, you know, he's become a pretty good player. James White for the, the Patriots, you know, he's more of that receiving. But, like, I remember back with, like, Ron Dane. You know, like, Ron Dane was the Heisman Trophy winner. He was the rushing leader. Um, and he didn't really amount to anything after that, right? And there's been a couple guys... Monte Ball from Wisconsin, kind of the same thing where it's like, obviously, you play behind these great offensive linemen, just like, you know, in Georgia, where they have these big, beastly offensive linemen. Alabama's another prime example where you play behind, you know, these uber talented guys who just, you know, push people back, but then all of a sudden you get to the NFL and it's a different ballgame. Now all of a sudden you're not man people anymore. Now all of a sudden you got to make guys miss a little bit more. So, I think it depends on the type of player, obviously. I think with a guy like Cam Akers, um, you know, who is kind of like that sh- shifty guy, kind of like that explosive type dude, I think that translates well to the NFL. And not to say, you know, there's like the Bruisers out there that can't translate as well, but I'm just saying it's a different type of ball game, a different type of style.
1: Probably haven't talked about running backs that have come out of these area schools like Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Miami, enough, Yeah. you know. I mean, just think about some of the names that have been around, I mean, you know, from uh, Georgia, obviously, and, and Herschel Walker. Yeah. Uh, and but even Terrell Davis and uh, No. Sean Moreno had a good couple years. Sure. I mean, he obviously another like, Chubb,
0: NBA. Well, I mean, Chubb, Chubb, it, Chubb right now is playing good for Cleveland. Season, yeah. And now you might Derek have the Henry, biggest was...
1: stud. Yeah. Uh, well, Derek Henry for Alabama, but yeah. you might have the biggest stud coming. And in, in, well, not bigger than Herschel Walker, but DeAndre Swift. Yeah. DeAndre Swift got a lot of attention. It was really interesting at the combine. <laughs> we we kind of had fun with it because on uh, Podium 2, let's call it. I don't know what that is. Let's call <laughs> yeah. it Podium 2. Over here, it was uh, LaMichael Pirine from mm-hmm. Florida. On Podium 3 right next to him was DeAndre Swift. Yep. And I'm just telling you, this isn't like uh, – made it into a Florida-Georgia thing and a Georgia-Florida thing because I thought it was funny that they were right next to each other. Of course, man. And this will show you how much these guys are on their best behavior. I tried to kind of – egg them on a little bit i was kind of like <laughs> i was a little bit like try, the guy at the media day trying to pour that, some gasoline in the, the fire
0: Yeah, yeah yeah I was, yeah i've
1: asked plenty of dumb questions but i was kind of that guy in this interest. sure yeah it was just ironic to me that they were both right now it's all alphabetical yeah but it was ironic that they were right there that's awesome so i asked Le michael p right about hey are uh, you getting any ribbon because george is beating the last of couple course years. He would not bite, man.
0: Nothing. not you how
1: these guys are on the best behavior. Oh, you gotta be, so, man! Well, I, everything's an interview. I didn't think he would say much, but then I asked DeAndre Swift, yeah, and I thought he would. Re- he just kind of
0: smiled. About well, especially it. especially if you won the past yeah. couple of years, I mean, you have the right to celebrate. I, I
1: thought there'd be some like. Back door ripping going on. Yeah, but yeah. You can tell how serious of a nature it was. Like It yeah. wasn't a lot of it. It was a little smile, True. but it wasn't like... I feel like if you got him in a different setting, yeah. he would have been all over that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. And he didn't. But what I noticed, too, was interesting. It was Michael P. Ryan, Everybody, There's a lot of media there. Mm-hmm. A lot of tripods, a lot of microphones, a lot of reporters, all that stuff. Uh, but, man, the attention on DeAndre Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift, his podium area went like 10 deep. Wow. Uh, Michael P. Ryan, and this isn't a knock on P. Ryan. I'm, it's more of a, a wow on, on Swift. People are really interested in him. And, like, P. Ryan's might have been two or three deep, and that was it. So it was a noticeable amount of people around DeAndre Swift. That guy could be something. I yeah. mean, that could be, I'm interested in him. He's already gone to kind of running back you, it feels like, <laughs> at, at times. Yeah. And, uh, He could be really special. Plus, I think he's a tough kid. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the running backs shake out. Uh, There's so much talk about the wide receiver class. It's so deep. It's almost like you could pick one out of a hat and you'd be happy. Sure. I'm not sure. Running backs don't work that way. Mm -hmm. But we do know in this class there will be two, three running backs that become stars in the league, even if they were picked in the third, fourth, fifth round. Yep. And that's what happens. Who are those guys going to be? It's always one of the most intriguing positions. And I, I know what you're saying. Listen, it, the, that happens at all the positions. Yes, but running back, it seems to happen more. How many times do we hear, you can get a running back in the sixth round. You get a running back in the fourth round. You don't need to pick one in the top five. Biggest knock against a guy like Fournette yeah. when the Jags picked them there. So uh, who will emerge in that running back spot? will be interesting.
0: Well, and also keep in mind, too, from the Jaguars' perspective, yeah, obviously they don't need a starting tailback right now, but that change of pace back, that's where you can get a guy in the fourth or fifth round that can be that dynamic type of dude. I remind like of Elvin Camaro, right? Like Elvin Camaro coming out of college, kind of on the smaller side, obviously a great pass catcher, but he was brought in to essentially be a third down back. Well, he eventually just grew into the starter because he was that good. And I think from the Jaguars' perspective, we always talk about getting that change of pace back, well, what better way to do it than the NFL draft in the third or fourth or fifth round?
1: Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go. And and that is the kind of back you get that emerges. And yep. that's where you pick those kind of backs, fifth round, sixth round, uh one of those uh, selections. Anything from the combine? And seriously, I mean, we kid around a little bit. Like, I'm not glued to the combine. I really am not. I'll read yeah. the headlines. I saw the tight end got hit in the face
0: with the ball. <laughs> that wasn't good. I saw yeah. the
1: punter bench-pressed like more than anybody else. Yep, yep, I, yep. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a moment. Yeah. I saw the rugs, four two seven speed.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was my big takeaway. And,
1: and really the big takeaway see it is. It's always the big takeaway, which I just don't get it. I yeah, don't get it's... it because it's twofold. One, guys are running four fours left and right now. And 4-4 four four is fast. And I understand. Listen, if you're Tyreek Hill, that's 4-2 fast. Yep. Well, that's fast. I, I get that. There is a difference, and that's important. But you're doing it in your underwear, in your <laughs> spandex. You're not doing it with pads on. And you're not
0: doing it out of your stance, either.
1: I you're just, doing it out of track stance. I just don't know what some of these drills help me do. I feel like they would confuse me as a scout more than help me as a scout. Sure. What in the world does rugs running four two seven do for me? that I couldn't see on tape because he's in full uniform, off the line of scrimmage, and do I say his tape looks fast? I so, see him in live action that yeah, looks yeah. fast. I don't care what he runs right out here in underwear, yeah. 40 yards. It shouldn't matter.
0: So here's the problem, Brent, right? It's because... The NFL, it's a competitive place, all right? And then and the game of football itself, whether it's Pop Warner, college, high school, it, it's all competitive. So you want to see guys go out there, run the 40-yard dash, compete, and try to get the highest time, you know, and get all the glory. I get that standpoint. But I think sometimes, and we talked about Al Davis prior this week, you know, I mean, Al Davis was a guy who was absolutely infatuated with Fast 40 times. And I think sometimes people fall in love with these numbers so much where it could kind of influence their decision of what they see on film. And on the flip side, too, I think people can be turned off by numbers so much in the scouting department where it influences what they see on film as well. For instance, we talk about D.K. Metcalf, right? D.K. Metcalf had the fast 40 time. Very intriguing, man. The guy is built like a G.I. Joe. He's legit. Okay, he's great. Then the shuttle time comes out, and it's like, oh, I don't know how I feel about D.K. Metcalf anymore. If you can't run a fast shuttle, well, then how is his footwork going to be out of the brakes? Probably not that good. Well, I watched D.K. Metcalf this year, man, and he looked like the real deal to me. So, it's, it's that fine line, right? Like, you, you want guys to perform, you want guys to run well and everything like that, but I feel like sometimes where if a guy doesn't do certainly, like, too well in a spot that you predicted him to do well in, you know, you can't let that influence Because at the end of the day, like Hayden Hurst said last Friday, or like I've been saying, the eye on this guy does not lie. And if you watch the film enough, you do your due diligence – you're gonna know what type of player you have more than the 40 yard dash, more than the broad jump, and more than the vertical jump.
1: I should have checked ratings last night for that. I didn't. Oh deleted, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I didn't see. I might have deleted the ratings uh, anyway. But I, I wonder how they did. And listen, there's not a ton going on right now. You got to be dialed in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, maybe some college hoops. So it's you, you can certainly. It's okay that they're doing it. Like uh, if you like watching, I'm not knocking you for watching it. I just don't see some of the value in it. Yeah. I, I wonder, really wonder, and, and this. I have these um, conversations kind of out loud with all of you because I think about it to myself of <laughs> do we really need OTAs, mm. right? Do, what do they do? Do we really need it at the length we have it? Could you accomplish the same thing in a month instead of two and a half months? Could you accomplish the same thing in three weeks <laughs> on the field? There are
0: so many players right now like, yes, Brent, yes, yes like please me. keep going, yes, please keep campaigning well, for this.
1: And that's what I would campaign for if yeah. I were those guys. I, it's a brutal season it's not the longest of seasons but it's a brutal season it is once you get there and i want to be honest with you i want to do it if i was an organization because i want my guys mentally sharp and ready to play i don't want them like gosh this has been a long year you know the more i can hold that off in any sense of employment any kind of workplace the more you can get away from that thought process is it friday yet is it friday at five right now well, you're going to have people that like to work. Yes. The energy will.
0: Who's <laughs> been counting down? Uh, Put in the parking lot.
1: But you know, so that's kind of my point in it. It's like. What is the point of it other than babysitting and, and conditioning and all those things? Yeah. And then the other thing I would say is the combine. I'm not saying you have to do away with the whole thing. Do we need nine days of it? I would shorten it up to minimal drills and on field performance stuff. Yes. And I would really concentrate on the medicals and the interviews. And I would call it a day I would call it a week and four days instead of
0: nine days. No, I agree with that. Absolutely. And I think we're talking about the OTAs here, Brent, are they too long? Absolutely, you know, and, and like, it's funny because coaches use OTAs um, a little differently than, you know I mean, like, than their peers. Like, some coaches do it to kind of, you know, break in their new team, right, like, this is the tempo we're going to set this year, these are expectations, let's get after it. And some coaches kind of slow it down a little bit with OTAs and, you know, they teach from the OTA standpoint is it too long? Yes, but I do think it does benefit the rookies. So whether if you, you know you're you're the CBA right now, you're the NFLPA you're trying to argue for what you want in the CBA, listen, I'm all for cutting down the OTAs. I think you have every right to do that. And maybe to set up some kind of like rookie mini camp and that's it. But I cannot state this enough where it is important to get rookies acclimated to what they're about to experience, right? Like, the, the last thing if I'm a football coach is wanting a group of rookies that, I, you know, that I've invested in, obviously, that, that, that the team is invested in, to come into training camp and the first time they put on their pads, their helmet, and they get acclimated to a, a football practice is the first day in training camp. I don't want that. I want those guys coming into training camp ready to roll, knowing what to expect already. So from that standpoint, I want something for the rookies where they can just get acclimated. I'm not saying you gotta break them like courses or work, you know, overwork them. I'm just saying, get them a little acclimated to what you want, you know, the, the type of X's and O's, the schemes, all that stuff, and then go from there. But no, dragging on OTAs to me, it's pointless.
1: Yeah, February, March, June, and most of July—that's what guys have off. So, is that a good amount? Yeah, I, I guess it is. Like, I, I can understand the argument against me here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this stuff gets dragged out for other purposes than useful purposes. Yeah. <laughs> so, from a logic point of view. It, it doesn't do much for me. I think you're exactly right. I do think they have to get acclimated. You know what else? I think they got to get acclimated to their teammates. Because yeah. you have 32-year-old men you're playing with, and quite frankly, you're a young man at 22 years old or 21 years old, or sometimes now 20, True. coming out. Yeah. What I also think is silly about, can you imagine me going to work, all right, and for two months, January, February, season's over, well, let's just say February, March, let's just say February, March. And first part of April, mm-hmm. I can't talk to my bosses. <laughs> like I don't yeah, understand it's... why you can't talk to the coaches. Yeah, I think that's dumb. Like, I do I understand it? Yes, I understand what because people will abuse it, and maybe coaches will they, they'll demand too much. Well, you can restrict some of that. Sure. And, and by the way, do we really think they don't talk to the coaches? I don't know.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are people, no comment. No comment for me, Brent. Are people
1: monitoring their text messages? No, no comment for me, Brent. But I, I just, I guess what I'm getting at is a little bit more classroom work, yeah. iPad work, all that stuff. I don't think that's bothersome to me. But I do think the have to be here, and then what you do is you bring – you don't have to be here. It's voluntary. You yeah. say it's voluntary. Well, no, it's not. We no, know we yeah. We've
0: heard spring. that before. Yes. So,
1: we, I mean, that's been a big deal here. Exactly. Voluntary.
0: And, and, and listen, and – it voluntary, all for, by the way, hurt the culture yeah. here in Jacksonville
1: yeah. last year.
0: And, and listen, I'm all for – Having the group of guys together in the weight room, because I, I do think you built some kind of camaraderie there and everything like that. But to expect guys to be here when you say, you know, during OTAs and the quote-unquote voluntary workouts, to me, it's crazy because you're not dealing with college kids, okay? You're dealing with a bunch of grown men, and let's be honest here: if these grown men are not doing their due diligence and working out in the off-season. They're not gonna last too long, okay? I mean, that's just the way the league works, and I think really? they understand that. We so, Yeah, exactly. So either you you work hard, obviously, in the off season, and you, you prep your body for, for you know for the for the adversity ahead, or you don't and get cut. It's simple as that. And then guess what? You weed out the weak ones, like you just
1: said. Yeah. Well- We'll come back. We'll visit some of the big topics of the week. Uh, a little more on Austin's fight coming up. Some crazy headlines falling and falling. A lot to do before the end of this one. We are live at Monster Jam tomorrow night. Get your tickets. Monsterjam.com. As cheap as 15 bucks piece. I like a lot of backs from the I like watching Saquon, a um, good friend of mine. I like watching all the backs that came through Georgia doing a great job in their careers. I like watching Alvin Kamara and how they use him as well as Christian McCaffrey. I think a lot of running backs are doing a lot of different unique things, and especially a lot of backs here bring a lot of different stuff to the table. So I think a lot of eyes on the running backs. That's DeAndre Swift. I think he's got a chance to be pretty special in the NFL. We'll see. It's hit or miss with the uh, running backs often, but he could be a special one out of the uh, University of Georgia. Uh, there was a plane going by. Just, I was trying to read. My eyes are going, man. I mean, I need to probably go see an eye doctor. <laughs> oh I mean, That was kind of far away, but uh, I just want to give a shout-out because the plane said, Al and Abby, it's a boy. So congratulations what? on the little guy.
0: I didn't see that plane.
1: Yeah, so they had one of the, you know, the planes that dragged the message yeah. across. So like, was that like one of those gender reveal videos, That's I assume? a different way to gender yeah. reveal it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. so People what, love that. Uh, if that was a gender reveal, yeah.
0: Who knew without Al and Abby knowing? Oh, I'm sure like a, a mom or a parent, because usually how it works, I think, and don't, I mean, don't get it twisted. I don't do the gender reveal things. When I had Ronan, we just, hey, we went to the ultrasound, we saw what was on the screen, and I put two and two together, and I celebrated, <laughs> yeah. and I fist pumped. Enough said. Okay. Smart guy. I didn't. I didn't have to have this big party where we have everybody over, you know. So, but I think the way it works is, you know, if you're a couple, you go to, you know, you go get the ultrasound and everything, and then you tell them like, hey, we don't want to know, but can you tell like our our parent or something like that or some kind of friend? So then they'll, they'll contact the friend, let them know, and then they have that information.
3: They put it uh, in I a. Think. They put it in a yeah, an envelope, and you can there either you open go. it or not open it. Okay. Did you so, did you see the one that with the Cubs yesterday? Yeah, I did. That
1: was, good. was that um, what's his name? Uh why can't I can't Chris Bryant? That hit it? Uh, I'm not that's somebody
0: different. I'm not see, sure. They, I mean, uh, I saw the thing. I just I saw it, it like, yeah, and then I saw it was the Cubs. I'm like, uh, uh, that's enough of that. So then I didn't see what it was, yeah.
1: I uh, so. see you and Kaylee might have to get into it. She loves the Cubs uh, all of a sudden.
0: Kaylee, I can't. Why, all of a sudden, where is this coming
1: from? I don't from? know. I mean, Come it's on. Weird. Kaylee's the greatest. Yeah. Kaylee, she loves. She, she's The other day, she, like, wouldn't get off the couch. She was watching uh, Tampa and the Yankees spring training. Okay. I'm not mad
0: at that. I like, thought you were going to say something like Desperate Housewives. No, I'm like, oh, no, okay, she's wait.
1: watching it like it was like Game 6 of the
0: World Series. <laughs> though. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, by the way, how many Astros have been hit so far in spring training? She have you seen that? They lead I, lead. Oh, but man. The crazy
1: thing is, listen, don't hit the Astros wearing number 78 on their jersey. <laughs> I mean, wait until the. I mean, what's his name has been hit? Uh, yeah. Altuve.
0: Yeah, he has been
1: hit. But nobody's hit. Like, nobody – none of the seven. I saw all seven on, yeah. on social media. And I didn't think any of the seven looked, like, super intentional, like, I'm coming after you. Yeah, You'll know when yeah. it's really intentional. Yeah.
0: This is, just, this is a little sampler platter, yeah. okay? This is a little appetizer. Wait till the season starts and then see what happens. We're talking a full course meal.
1: Uh, absolutely. A couple of comments on social media. jpc 1488 says uh, he was playing behind a bunch of turnstiles. Amazing he was able to do anything playing with those clowns. Uh, talking about uh, Cam Akers behind <laughs> yeah. Florida State. I think some people interpreted that I didn't. Uh, that, that Cam a- if you had to listen to the segment, if you just read my tweet, you might have thought that I said Cam Akers wasn't any good in college. I didn't mean it by that. I thought he could have been better because they misused him in college. Yeah. And therefore, if he finds the right place and they use him right in the NFL, does he have a chance to have a better career than many people think? Uh, so. Um, Clarifying. Words don't do it justice. Yeah. But uh, Jax Dan jumps in. Great examples. I love when people listen to the show and, and uh, jump in on the conversations. Right. I always invite you to do so. Uh, Stefan Diggs was a huge five-star recruit. Ended up going to Maryland. Remember, they had the whole Florida thing where he was going to be a Florida with yeah. Maryland. Still put up good numbers, but not huge. Mostly due to QB play, and they're Maryland. For sure. But has become an NFL star. Yeah. Good one. Good, He's got like another that. one for us. Chris Jones. Kansas City DT, another example. Big-time recruit. Where do you uh, even go to college? Really about Auburn? Yeah, I don't know. Is Chris Jones an Auburn guy? I don't. That's a good call there. Look it up and let me know what you get. I got so, you. Anyway, that was a good couple examples of it. Uh, Stefan Diggs, a great call. That's that's what I was talking about with Cam Akers. Ooh, Mississippi State. Ah, ring that bell, but we don't have it.
0: Out <laughs> and literally, the, the muscle memory in me was reaching for the bell, and then uh, I remember that I'm outside at uh, TIA Bank Field right now, not back at the home base at the studio. Chris
1: Jones, in Mississippi State. Interesting. It's so funny how some guys you know exactly where they went to school, yeah. and others.
0: Close. Nicely done, Coons. Sorry, I had to go run. I tripped over the uh, the camera. As you did. I was gonna yep.
1: say uh, that was like the hardest thing you've done all week.
0: <laughs> Easily. That
1: was a long run for you, Coons.
0: It was. Uh, it was a little much.
1: Uh, hey, well, I want to do. Uh, we're gonna do some uh, something that we are going to start, and why not right now? Yeah. Uh, called the MMA Minute. Yep. But you got your fight coming up. Uh, seriously, wanted to uh, talk a, a bit about it. It's in a week. You're only gonna be with us for a couple of days next week because the fight's in Dallas. Yeah. We're still trying to throw together a watch party. I just can't get all the <laughs> info together yet. I tell you what, it's yeah. tricky. Yeah. We've had a couple of places that we that wanted to do it, yep. but there are some rules and regulations so with some licensing UFC. stuff, yeah. That's
0: really a giant pain in the you know what. Yep. Uh, well and the last so, thing we want to do is break the law and then have to like, you know, turn over our show to the authorities to try to pay for it. Yeah. So
1: yeah. But it is it's kind of ridiculous at the same time that we can't just buy Fight Pass yeah. and watch the fight. All I, together.
0: I hear you, man. Um, so, Preaching and the choir, listen, Brent.
1: people, I love you, but you ain't coming over my house. <laughs> we're going over somewhere else's, somebody else's house,
0: somebody else's bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna drink a ball, Brett Martinos' booze. How about right? we just have
3: everyone download the app, and then when we're all at the bar, we all buy it and watch it on our phones separately.
0: We <laughs> could do that. Just like it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you, that's the 2020 thing to do. You actually
1: could do that. Uh, but we're trying to do a
0: little. i going to be honest, I'm going to be pretty bummed that's what everybody does. Right? <laughs> Don't even do that.
1: Well, are you more bummed than that? Or if we have a watch party and three people show up?
0: Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. And I really put in perspective how many people are actually listening and, and how many people actually think highly of me. So, yeah. <laughs> My dad's coming, so
1: <laughs> there's at least three. Uh, oh, man. We might have to say free beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not saying that. Uh, not yet, at least. Uh, all right, so what's up? Uh, what's the. Driscoll, actually, Coach Driscoll? Yeah. He said, hey, ask Austin about the guy that missed weight by two and a half pounds. Oh, said, my
0: man. Fine, Joe but I am
1: not going to say his name.
0: Divison F- Figueroa, by the way. Divison? Divison? Figueiredo.
1: Figueiredo. Yeah, from he, Brazil. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, here's the thing about him, man. Okay, so, obviously, uh, UFC fight night, uh, 169 tomorrow coming to you from Norfolk. Um, th- there is, there is a title on the line, uh, Joseph Benavides versus Divison Figueroa But here's the thing, though. It was a title fight, right? So the way that works, Brent, is you have to make the title weight. And the title weight was set at 125. Unfortunately, Figueroa weighed in at 127. So what does that mean? It means the fact that the fight is still going to be on, um, much to the chagrin of fans, because now if he was to win the fight overweight, he doesn't actually get the belt. So the, the only way that the belt can actually be won is if Joseph, you know, Benavides comes out and, you know, wins the fight. So on top of that, he also gets 30% of the purse regardless.
1: I was going to say, because yeah. you, you take away money, right? Yeah. That yep. actually
0: happened in your last fight, I believe. It did, yes, yes. You yep. got a little
1: extra cash.
0: You got a little extra cash, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the main event. You know, let's be honest, man, these are 125ers, right? So from, from the landscape of MMA, to be fair these guys don't really draw in a lot of ratings just because they're smaller dudes, yeah. right? Like, people watch MMA and UFC, especially the casual fans, to see the knockouts, to see the highlights. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, these guys are super talented. And here's the thing, with if you weigh 125 pounds, Brent, well, you better be technical, right? Like, because there's a lot of guys that weigh that size that are in the, the UFC. The, these guys up. are the cream of the crop right now. So you have to be technical. So these guys are two technical guys. And I think everyone's kind of cho- you know, cheering um, for, for Joseph here just because he's 35 years old, man. Okay, he's kind of, one could say, on the back nine of his career, never held that championship. And, like, this is kind of like his swan song. People want to see him, you know, win the belt and then right off into the sunset. So that's going to be the fight, obviously, to watch. And then, obviously, the Coleman event, too, uh, featuring a girl that I actually talked to what have been two weekends ago in Tallahassee. Her name is Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer fights out of Orlando um, at an MMA place called The Jungle. She fought Chris Cyborg uh, her last fight. Um, which, you know, it didn't go that, didn't go her way. Obviously, Chris Cyborg is an animal. Brent, you've seen Chris mm-hmm. Cyborg before. She's a very intimidating individual. Not with the UFC anymore. She's now in Bellator. But Felicia Spencer's taking a newcomer. And they're really making it hard for me to fight card. Zahara, Fren-
1: these names off.
0: Yeah, Z- Zahara Friend Santos. Um. Don't really know much about her. She's kind of, uh, kind of on the come up right now. A great striker. Felicia Spencer is more of the ground person. She's got a great karate background, but relies more on her jujitsu, jujitsu now. She's a complete fighter. Look for this, the winner of this fight to maybe get, um, you know, maybe, maybe a title shot at 145 against Amanda Nunez.
1: All right, uh, that is the MMA Minute, which always will last more than a minute, by the way. I was going to say, what was it,
0: like five minutes? It's just
1: a cool No, it was like
0: the, the MMA five minute. How confident are you going
1: into your fight in a week?
0: I'm super confident. So it's funny, right, because obviously the fight is at hand, okay? And we're about a week away now. We are a week away now. So, like, it's funny, the old me, especially the me that played football, like, I would be hyped up right now, expelling all my energy, just going over the fight, thinking about it. But I really got into, like, a lot of, like, meditation i guess you would say um there's this app called Headspace that i love to use and there's one feature on there that they call it competition and last night i was you know i was doing a meditating for 15 minutes and they had a great point point. and they said when a tiger or a lion's in the wild you'll never see him like roar a lot you don't see him like jaw jack too much they're just they're just kind of relaxed they just kind of you know they, they 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 lay down in their Domain, And then when things escalate and things have to, you know, turn into a fight, they attack. And then that's kind of how I'm approaching this fight, where I'm calm, cool, collected right now, man. I'm going to enjoy this week where I don't have to train two days a week and just kind of relax with my family and everything. And then when next Friday comes around, probably around 10 o'clock or so, 10.30 – that's when I get to let it loose and attack. So I'm definitely excited for it, man. I can't wait. That's
1: awesome. Good stuff. I kind of liken that to our radio show with the yes. Co- competition. Yes, yes. know that, all right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, hey, ESPN 690, we're just trying to make we're it. We're trying to make now. it. Exactly. we
0: roar. Stay out of our domain, okay? Stay in your lane.
1: <laughs> hey, a couple of funny stories to share. We like to do the crazy the headlines. Head-off. Hit me with them, Brent. How about this way? Leap day is tomorrow, which is Saturday. Yes. It throws off the entire calendar, still results in one extra work day this year. <sighs> so should people on salary get a bonus? 59% of Americans <laughs> in a new survey said yes.
0: Why oh, wouldn't 100% hey, say yes. who, who are the – yeah, I can't – well, you said 59%? Yeah. Who's the Who's the forty one percent that's snitching on everybody? Fifty nine percent think
1: people on salary should be paid for the additional day of work. Twenty two percent said they shouldn't. Nineteen percent weren't sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that person can't make a decision. Yeah, exactly. Does that even add up? Yeah, that does add up the right way. Okay. Um, man arrested for cow manure battery. Two guys at a dairy farm in Florida, of course, to Wisconsin an All right. on Wednesday. Okay. One of them dumped a bucket of cow manure over the other one's head. He was arrested for felony battery. <laughs>
0: Is it two friends or not?
1: Uh, it just says two guys. Okay. That's all I know. Okay. Viral video shows a mom driving her kids to school when she realizes she forgot them at
0: home. Oh, jeez. Hey, let's put the cell phone down a little bit and focus.
1: Very good. Uh, how about this one? Koos wasn't sure I can read this. I'm reading it. I'm going for it. Uh-oh. Putting potatoes up your butt will not cure hemorrhoids. <laughs>
0: doctors warn
1: Doctors are starting to get very concerned about people who subscribe to a dangerous home remedy touted on numerous websites, which involves that action.
0: Was this like on the Joe Rogan podcast that I missed this one or something? People are doing this now? Uh, that's uh, that's it. And by the Brett, way, last one. We were doing so good this week, too. Americans
1: are avoiding Corona beer amid coronavirus outbreaks. Yeah. yeah. Poor that's Corona beer, man. Right? You feel bad for them, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Oh, that's that's funny how the brain works. Yeah. You know? Yep. I don't think, I think that's a subconscious thing.
0: Of course, of course. Like, but people you don't want to be associated
1: People that That dumb that, that they really think it's No, the, the a, a, of course comes not. From the beer, but right?
0: here, that I mean it, it's word association and you don't want to be associated with that right now. Well, I guess you got to go with like dose a keys or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's like another Mexican beer, right? I, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I've never
1: heard it sounded like that.
0: Dos Equis? What, what, what do you call it? a
1: thing like Dos Equis?
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe maybe it is Dos Equis. I love
1: hey, Dos
0: Equis. Hey, I Bruce, don't know. Don't you love when the Rhode Island guy makes fun of people talking? <laughs> I had no idea what he was trying to say there. Dos Equis. Is it Dos Equis? It's Dos Equis. Okay. I I, I, Dos Equis. Dude, I've been calling it Dos Equis for... So, no one's correcting me on it, though. What's up, everybody? Dos
1: Equis, Dos Equis, Corona. Yeah. Just give us a buzz. We'll tell you how to sign up as a sponsor. Either way. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought, you just give us a
0: buzz. No pun intended. Oh, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. That one went over my head. Yeah, you're good.
1: Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. Ball had fallen uh, to finish off a week here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN
3: 690. He is the most
1: interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those sackies. Stay thirsty, my friend.
0: Dosa Keys, he said it. <laughs> Dosa <of> Keys. <laughs> we did. I was
1: wondering I didn't know if this person
0: I <laughs> uh, got the I uh, got a response on Twitter with the most
1: interesting man in oh, the Oh
0: yeah, a guy's not impressed with my Dosa Keys. That
1: eh, was funny. What it is. Hey, it's listen, like I said, the last guy that should be making fun of well, people who talk, yeah. I can hardly I can't even say the word beer. Listen,
0: when you have the high life girl tattooed time. on your back, you're you you know, your vast uh, I guess, you know, your your best knowledge of foreign beers isn't really acclimated to what I have, okay? It's Miller Lite, Miller High Life, and the occasional IPA. That's about it for me.
1: Listen, I also, uh, the way I weighed in this morning,
0: yep. I've been drinking too much of it. Oh, yeah. Well, Indianapolis will do that to you, man. Too much of that shrimp cocktail. It's
1: not just uh, Indianapolis. See, the problem is I go back and, and look at it, and I, and I was on the... Uh, Road 16 days out of the last 30. Yep. The road. Here, I, here come the excuses. It it's is okay, it's though. a terrible excuse. Like mm-hmm. I've got to be better at this. Yeah, man. Like I don't I could not do what those other guys do and be fit. Like, yeah. It, it, it's funny. It's like if you look at like the Rappaports and Jeff Darling, they're all kind of like.
0: Always on the road, man. They're skinny road. little guys. Well, tiny. I mean, don't be denied. They're tiny. Like Ian Rappaport is tiny. Yeah. He's Adam really Schefter. Small.
3: Tiny.
1: Schefter is is uh, small, but I give credit. I saw that like docu or uh, piece they did on like 60 Minutes or something. Yeah. On or maybe it was Real Sports on HBO. Okay. On uh, Schefter. Yep. That guy, man, he's always working. He works a lot. Yeah. And he
0: still finds time to get a workout. It. Sure. Well, Brent, you got to make time to get Dude, the workout. Dude, we're, we're creatures of habit. You have to have the discipline. You got to, to set the schedule and you have to abide by but it, it man. Still Hold still yourself not accountable. It's the workout. And here come the excuses again. It's the And here come the excuses again.
1: You can't, it doesn't matter if you work out all the time if you don't eat right.
0: Well, no, but obviously the more you work out, man, the more benefit you can have of eating a little sloppy on the road, man, yeah. because at the end of the day, you have to burn more calories than you take in. Simple as that. That is simple math. Yeah. Uh, you
1: know what else is uh, not simple math, but Dow Jones lately. Oof. By the way, good news to report, down Oof. less than 400 points today. That's a win. <laughs> that is a win. Yeah. It rallied. It was almost 1,000 yeah. down
0: again, and it rallied. Hey, hey CBA, can you – Fight for my 401k to go up a little more. Maybe add a little more to it, please, because yeah, it's rough. right I was now. thinking
1: of this, all right. So I kind of looked into the 401k. Yeah. And I saw, and it was, I don't get all. I mean, it is what it is. And plus, I'm, <laughs> not know, I'm, I'm not retiring. I'm not retiring. I'm 32 years old. Yeah, I've got a long I, way to I go. Have a while. We got the ups and downs to go. <laughs> yes, we do. So, uh but I thought about this. Can you imagine the hit Shad Khan's 401k took this week? Yeah. That's a lot.
0: I, I mean, I'm, try, I'm trying to imagine. Like, like I don't know what, what billionaires do. Like,
1: I don't know if they invest. Yeah. Like, that much. And, yeah. like, a, if they. I mean, he has his own company. So. Sure. I don't know how that works. But you get my idea. Like, if you have that much money. Yep. And you have money, in, uh, you must have a ton of money, like, on the stock market. Of course. And how much some of those people lost, like, this week. Yeah.
0: Woo! But that's hey. Incredible. As Seinfeld has taught us, the market always fluctuates. It fluctuates, goes up and, it, goes and down. it
1: always usually goes up, kids. Yes. At the end of the day, if you look at it over the years, the yes. decades, it usually trends. Uh, it's
0: trending upward. Yep. All the time. Just, okay. just, don't invent, just don't invest in the robot butcher like George is going to do. People are like,
1: uh, hey, you going to do economics today and politics or on to, Monday? Or talk Seinfeld. <laughs> or talk Seinfeld. <laughs> or just Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, which on occasion I don't get the Seinfeld references. Oh, uh, see, I watch it a lot, matter. but I did not watch like every episode
0: 20 times over like a lot I, of people do. I have, yes, I have. Uh, ballin' and Fallin', what you got? Ballin' and Fallin'. So Ballin' is going out to my girl. Uh, and let me bring up her name. It's been a hard day for names, man, but she I should really know this really girl's ask. name because she's not a l- Be legit. careful if you say my girl, then don't know her name. I know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> my wife? No, okay. So, uh, it's going out to Oregon, um, basketball player Sabrina Loneskew, who was the first player in D1 history, <laughs> men's or women's, to score 2K. One thousand rebounds and one thousand assists. Impressive. So two thousand points, one thousand rebounds and one thousand. assists. It might the best be e- Ianescu. thank you very much. I thought it was an L. Didn't know if it was an I or an L. Yeah, thank That's you very much, Ianescu. But did you see the the post game interview when she did it? I did. not You want to talk about someone who just doesn't care? She's like, yeah, I figured that was coming up pretty soon. And that was it. Like, didn't Uh, really acknowledge it. Just a stone-cold killer, ice water in her veins, so props to her. I'm
1: pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. uh, um,
0: Look it up uh, if if you're not sure. But I
1: think Kobe Bryant has been very influential to her. You're very correct. And I'm pretty sure she accomplished that. On February 24th, which would have been Monday. Oh, yeah. So, 224.
0: There you go. I'm pretty sure. Because I think they interviewed her once again. I mean, she was pretty calm and reserved and just kind of like that stone-cold killer, man. All right. uh, Real uh, quick on the ball and for me. You say, I
1: I see that the uh, NCAA is proposing two-minute replay limit. For football. Yep. Make it quick. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Love it. Do it. Just make it quick. If we're going to do the replay, we have lost all... Um... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rhythm. Okay, yep. Two games. Yep. In, in general. Yep. Because of replay. Because all you people want to get it right. Oh, here, here comes here you here people.
0: Here comes people. Yep. Just because
1: careful you want to m- get it right. Careful now. Now we can't even enjoy a game anymore. Yep, yep. So make it swift. I like it. There it is. I like it. it well, I don't know if it's going to get done, but
0: at least they're exploring it. My fallen. And let's get a little Olivia Newton-John in here. Let's get a little political... Political. We're gonna go <laughs> with. Uh, you see what I did there? You do You see where I went with I that did. one? I knew that. My dad liked Olivia Newton-John. Okay. I, I see, you, Mr. Martino. No. Coos. I don't care. That was gold. You know it. <laughs> um, but Ballin is going to. Well, Garth Brooks played in Detroit. uh the past couple of days, played at a concert in Detroit, okay? And sometimes what artists do is they'll cater to the crowd a little bit. Not sure why Garth Brooks had to cater to the Detroit crowd because you're Garth Brooks, but anyways, he rocked a Sanders 20 jersey. Now, <laughs> if you're a football fan, you know the number, you know the last name, Barry Sanders. Obviously, he's a big deal in terms of Detroit. So Garth Brooks rocking a Barry Sanders jersey, obviously it makes the most sense. However... On social media, country music fans who aren't football fans thought he was trying to campaign for Bernie Sanders 2020. So, obviously, he was met with some blowback, Um, you know, a lot of, I'm sure, rude comments. And I think him and Bernie Sanders have kind of gone back and forth, right, Brent? They have. I was trying to find out. Just in a jokingly manner, obviously.
1: Yeah, uh, Not Bernie, Barry. Oh, I'm sorry, Barry. Uh, So, here's what happened. Barry Sanders said, hey, Garth Brooks, want to be my VP? (laughs) <laughs> Hashtag number twenty for twenty twenty yeah. because he saw all those uh, uh, tweets. Yep. And Garth says, "Hey Barry Sanders, I would run any race with you." Number twenty for twenty. Uh, love you, pal. Yep. Gee. I don't know why Garth doesn't say "love you, pal" to me. Some of
0: the, some of the comments that were found in his Instagram. Um, because the best part is he posted a picture of the Barry Sanders jersey of the back of it. So it says Sanders twenty. Robin. Reynolds Wakefield said, "You should be. You should have kept politics out of it. I'm done with you." Um, it's so great. Oh I man, mean, people! This is how this is how crazy people Chrissy, are about politics, by the Chrissy59 way. Chrissy 59 came in, chimed in a little bit. Obviously, a big Garth Brooks fan. Nothing like supporting a communist. Um, congratulations oh on the loss of of, of, of all your fans. How about going to a successful socialist country and doing some research? Oh, yes, you can't, because there aren't. Hey, okay, man. By the way, at the very least, guys hey,
1: should be able to make a country song out hey, of it. Hey, Chrissy,
0: this. Barry Sanders, come on. You've had or heard of the guy.
1: Before. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, Brian uh, Jones text, uh, tweets in and says, uh, We're probably both fallen because it's UNESCO, not E-N-S-Q or whatever the heck you said. Ionescu, so, so, we're, we're fallen for okay. our uh, pronunciation, Sorry, yeah. nice job, Brian. You're right, Ionescu. That does sound familiar now. Um, The, falling for me real quick, cause I know we got to get out of here. James Harden, you have the sound.
0: I just know none of them can mess with me. Uh, You know, when it's when it's all said and done, you know, they'll appreciate it more. You know, but I wish I could just run, run and with seven feet and run and just dunk. Like that takes no skill at all. (laughs) I got to actually learn how to play basketball, how to have skill. I take that any day. That was a shot at Giannis, I think. <laughs> Seven feet, hey. just run and dunk. That's your hey. bucks. Hey, I would rather have someone that can run and dunk than flops worse than Manu Ginobili. Okay? Travels yeah. on every shot. Oh, oh it, it took you skill to learn how to flop every single time and take advantage of the rules? Nah, man, give me Giannis all day, that immigrant mentality. James Harden, stay in your lane.
1: This is uh, tough for you, by the way, because you're in the bearded club with Harden was.
0: But not anymore, man. I'll <laughs> shave my beard if I have to in solidarity air to be honest. Well, you're going to have to do it to survive the
1: coronavirus. No,
0: that's, that's true. No,
1: no.
3: Harden
0: versus Lane next Friday night. The prop has been rescheduled in Houston instead of Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think... That dude used to date a Kardashian. That guy's been through a lot. I'm sure he, he can come, come through adversity with me. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Hey, this is, I don't like my chance. This is great. we got go Monster Jam tomorrow. You got, you're bringing the family over.
1: Um, hope everybody has a good weekend. But just a short time ago, they just left. They actually had the remote control cars out here. Oh! <laughs> <I'm, laughs> it's awesome. They, they, they couldn't get us in the mix with that? What a playground that Dang. is for remote control cars. TIAA Bank. MonsterJam.com. If you want some more tickets for tomorrow, there's still some tickets available. They start at 15 bucks. And, uh, come on, have fun. Hope I'll you have tell a good you weekend, what,
0: bro. Everybody. We do some combine drills out here right now if you want, man.
1: Yeah, we could. We, we could we run could. those tires. I gotta real go quick. do TV. Okay. And we'll have, a uh, Girls State Championship action from the land on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on ESPN 690.